Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting radiolemon.com. The world's longest running motorsport magazine show, Midweek Motorsport. News, features, special guests and analysis from the experts. Formula One, sports car and endurance racing, rallying, touring cars and bikes. If it has wheels and an engine and they keep score, it's on Midweek Motorsport. Well, that music can mean only one thing. Uh, This is a very special midweek motorsport. I'm John Hindhoff, not in our normal spot at Hindhoff Towers. No, we are following the trend because this is our I Respect Man of the Year Awards. Uh, Coming to you live from the Middle East. As many people have done recently, we have moved our awards ceremony we are at Yas Marina overlooking the start-finish straight where the Maserati Trofeo cars are out at the moment. And this evening it will be a glittering exploration and celebration of all things midweek motorsport and motorsport related. Tim Gray is up in London, still up in London. Uh, hello, Tim. Hello, John. Uh, and we have Nick. Damon, appropriately in this Formula One setting, our Formula One uh, uh, Formula One correspondent sitting uh, to my left. Uh, good evening, John. Good evening, Tim. Good evening, everybody. And uh, it's very lovely to be at a circuit that still has all the directions up for the Grand Prix two weeks ago. Yep, absolutely. We can found out no problem. Uh, can I just say, I don't know what Nick's appeal of Maseratis is because I can hear them in the background and they don't sound very good. Mm, well, we are behind a lot of glass. I'd like to point out I volunteered for a job I never volunteered for because yes. it was a Maserati about 10 minutes ago. You did. Mm. That's very, very, very true. Um, I, I should also like to point out that all the signs are still up and uh, uh, we uh, we backed our big bus into uh, Lewis's box yeah. earlier, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, we couldn't In fact, we were straddling between Lewis and, uh, and, and Nico. Nico. You couldn't yeah. do it yesterday because uh, Lewis parked so badly he was, he was blocking Nico. He was pushing off the track almost. I did put it in at, a, at an angle. Yeah. So yeah. Sort of pointed towards them, sort of. Uh, anyway, tonight then is our uh, I Respect Man of the Year awards. You've been voting for a little while uh, on those. And uh, the first thing we need to do is tell you that voting for the major categories is now closed. And so we'll be, we'll be revealing uh, winners later on in the, uh, in the show tonight. If you're listening to the, uh, the show at the normal time, of course, uh, then... This is all recorded. We did this at midday at GMT. In the uh, words of the BBC, please don't vote. Your vote will be counted. You may be charged yes. if you get charged on Twitter, of course. Yes, of course. Uh, uh, however, we have, Tim, got to announce some additional uh, potential winners from the listeners themselves, have we not? Yes, this is our final category on which our listeners can vote. And it's the one that our listeners have been nominating the nominees for. This is the I Respect Listener Award. Now, what we asked you to do was to nominate anybody you wanted, 
and uh, what Tim has been doing over the last week or so is gathering those together and he has put together the top three which I've selected three you've yeah. selected the, the top three um, no there are three selected ah I see um, that will be uh, going forward for your consideration in the duration of this program so this will be a live vote during the program and the three the first of all was there a broad selection as, as, as a broad selection as usual or were there some standards there was a very broad selection oh, that's interesting uh, and this award can only go to a person so people who've nominated cars or teams or an entire championship in one case we haven't selected those and we have three people for you to vote for. In alphabetical order... Oh, right, OK. Kyle Bush. Really? And if you want to vote for Kyle Bush, who, remember, came back from injury after missing nine races to win whatever the NASCAR's top cup The rest is. of the chase for the cup sprint request for the... The Sprint Nextel Winston Cup. Can't yeah. say Winston. By Nationwide. I can say what I like. By Bush. <laughs> Moving the on. Bush Cup. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you want to vote for Carl Bush as our I Respect Listener Award winner, then tweet to at Radio Le with the hashtag Bush. B-U-S-C-H, is that? Yes. Right. Okay. Excellent. Our second nominee. Our second nominee, nominee mm -hmm. is Bart Hayden. Oh, team principal of Rebellion, winners yes. of the private air category in the FIA World Endurance Championship this year. And beset with tragedy, let's not forget, having a, a tragic road accident that uh, took uh, Damien Damo Lewis partway through the season uh, after the round at the Nürburgring. And if you want to vote for Bart, Tim? You text, uh, no, you don't text, you tweet <laughs> at Radio Le Mans. Hashtag Hayden. Mm -hmm. Right. H A Y D E N. Correct. Yes. Yep. And our, our final third. nominee, yep. the third and final nominee, is Graham Rahal. Ooh. This, I, I'm guessing this for his work on the Justin Wilson auction. Correct. Yes. yes. And he got married this year as well, of course. Congratulations to Graham and uh, Courtney Force, isn't it, that he married? Really? Or was it Ashley? That'd be a speedy ceremony. <laughs> It, I believe it's Ashley. Force. It was Ashley Force, yes. As soon as I said Courtney, I re realised I'd married him to the wrong, door, <laughs> the wrong uh, sister. And you know what? There's a big thing in Britain about forced marriage. Ah, hey, <laughs> very good. Uh, so, Graham Rahal, if you want to vote for him, tweet at Rachel Mon, hashtag Rahal. Right, okay. And that will be closing before the end of tonight's programme, and our I Respect Listener Award. Uh, will be voted uh, by you in the programme, in the duration of the programme. Now, before we give you our first winner tonight, mm. we're going to make you all winners because we've got some very exciting mm. news. For I, I almost feel as though we should have the managing director here, but we haven't got time for that because it's such a busy uh, show. So I'm going to do this and tell you that by the end, that I, at the end of the time I have finished this sentence, if you go on to www.radiolamont.com, you will see a new button on the front page that will take you to the Radio Le Mans clothes shop. 
effectively. No. Yes. Radio Le Mans. You can't call it the clothes shop. It is it's the apparel. apparel shop. It is the apparel shop, yes. Uh, this is uh, thanks very much to our partnership with uh, Spider Clothing, Spider GT, and uh, to Andy and uh, Tessa, who have set this up for us. Uh, many of you have been able in the States to uh, buy at the last couple of rounds of the IMSA Championship uh, some of our very lovely technical gear that uh, Spider have provided for us. And now we are opening that out to everyone, um, and the details are all there. And I said when I finished the sentence, the sentence is now finished. Is the button there, Tim? It is. Excellent. Where is it? Uh, it's actually right. a news story at the moment rather than a button. Ah, it's a news story so it's on the, the front page. Okay. So it's the top story and the button will follow. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, and you may a, need to refresh your browser. And apparently Graham did mar- marry uh, Courtney. I was right in the first place. Says yeah. so Shea Adam. Thank you. Unlucky, yeah. Ashley. Uh, and uh, good evening to Graham Goodwin who's listening in uh, from the Supreme Headquarters Endurance Shared. Division. Shed, of course. Uh, so the apparel shop is open for business. Perfect timing for Christmas. Get yourself on there. Have a look. Uh, the uh, there's pictures of everything that is available. Are it's you modelling it? No, no. It's a three sm- sections. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. One for outerwear. Yes, which is very good. One for shirts. Yes. And one for hats. There, yeah. there is an underwear section. For no, there's not. Then. There's not. No, no. Technical underwear. Where's the? Uh, Where's the, uh, there's, a, there's a section for hats, is there? Yes. How many hats? <laughs> Three hats. How many hats? Is it a prime number? <laughs> it is a prime number. Okay. Is it a prime number, um, is it a prime number more than 100? No. We'll just let the listener find out. Uh, so that, that is available for you right now. Go to regilamont.com and start perusing. Uh, the apparel shop is open. Again, thanks to Andy and particularly Tessa, who put a lot of work into this, uh, along with our partners at Spider uh, Clothing. Uh, let's move on then. Shall we, shall we visit our first category in the Irish Beck Man of the Year then? Uh, just talk among yourselves. I'm just going to yes, see if any do- votes that I missed. Right, OK. Oh, we've got to get the uh, independent adjudicators in, of course, to, to have a look at this. Eddie Waring, well, obviously. Two ah, people voted up. very late, but they did you. just make it into the deadline. Oh, really? Okay. So you're looking at that literally as we speak. This is live. So had two weeks to vote on these. Yes, and, and people have still been leaving it to the last minute. It's like homework. Avi Avi Kishir, don't worry if you're not modelling for the apparel. I can also always Photoshop you in there. Well, no, it's all right because we, 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 we've now worked out that Ashley Force is doing nothing. She's not getting married. She can, she can model the outfit. <laughs> I think she might have be already be married to someone else. Well, I'll ask you to marry her. I just asked her to wear a few shirts. Okay. Uh, so, uh, the what was the first category, Tim, that we're going to vote for? Tom? Well, the first category we're going to announce uh-huh. is Team of the Year. Ooh. Team of the Year. Uh, let me very quickly, as, uh, as Tim is still counting some votes. Seven, eight, nine, thousand. <laughs> I'm sure he is. It's not Silverstone counting, you know. <laughs> it really isn't. Uh, let me very quickly remind you of the uh, nominations which came from the team here at RadioLamont.com and at Midweek Motorsport. By the way, if you're listening... Very cool check and flag there, by the way. What very cool check and flag. Uh, right in front of us. Uh, it is the Maserati Trofeo cars that are out... Uh, at the moment. So the Team of the Year nominees were... Oh, it's dropped off the bottom of my page. So I can't see that. Tim, remind us of the Team of the Year, please. 
Uh, we had uh, Porsche. Yes, mm -hmm. that was Graham Goodwin. We had Manti. Sub Porsche. Yes. We had Mercedes Formula One. Yes. Excellent choice for that one. Oh, yes, that was yours, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We had Joe Gibbs Racing. Right. right. Okay. And we had Action Express. Action Express was my team of the year. Yes, oh. absolutely. Uh, and uh, don't tell us who it was, but was it close? Was it a battle? No. No. It was a runaway winner, was it? Oh, it, it was close between two of them. Right. Mm. But not for the uh, first place. No, it's close between first and second, ah, but okay. right. the others all got very tiny numbers. Right. So, so our runner-up, first of all, right. who I think deserve an honourable mention, Yes. Uh, Mercedes Formula One. Yay. Yes, you can only race what turns up, and they were very dominant this year, very dominant indeed. And having now examined their car and the McLaren car close up, mm -hmm. I can see why the Mercedes was so dominant. Really? Yeah, it didn't have yeah. the word Honda written on the side. Yes, that could be it. Honda, I think, have had a lot of bad press out of this. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the problem with the Red Bull a couple of years ago? Uh, it was eating its tyres a couple of years ago. The problem they had with the engine overheating. Yes, oh, yes. that was in practice. In, in um, uh, the first uh, pre-season test, yeah. yeah. Why... Why was that overheating? Because it was the bodywork was too tightly wrapped around the engine, not enough air was getting in. Correct. And, and they started cutting holes in it. McLaren appears to have a very similar tight. Yes, it's designed. It's got, it's got a, it, no, but the whole concept is designed around size zero, which is the reason why the configuration <laughs> of the Honda was wrong because they decided to do it in a certain way, which meant the compressor was put too far away from where it needs to be, so they couldn't get enough MGUH energy back, which is why they kept running out of power down the straight. Right. So my opinion is that no Mercedes got it right because they built an engine and then fitted the car around it, mm. whereas McLaren built the car, no, they which is aerodynamically great, and tried to squeeze the engine into they it. They had an agreed concept with Honda, which they both worked on, as you say, led by the concept that they knew they, they thought because they'd seen the mistakes the others had made with their engines. They ran a split turbo, but they didn't do it properly. Um, and that's all being redesigned for next year. The, the proof of the pudding was apparently they were two and a half seconds a lap slower in Monza. And only 0.3 of that was around the corners. Mm, so they lost 2.2 on the straight, which is about power. But actually, interestingly, most cars go down a straight line quite well. Though I'm sure Tim will point out that if you're a bit draggier, you could lose time on the, space as well, on the straight as well. Uh, so let's move on to our winner in the Team of the Year competition. So our winner of Team of the Year who ended up with 71% Wow, of the that's that close between that first and second. Well, Mercedes got 16%. Really? And everyone else got very little numbers. Right. Uh, it's got to be, surely, the WEC champions. Tell us it is. It is indeed. Uh, Porsche. Porsche. Oh, wow. Well done for winning their world championship. A, a year that has been very nigh on perfect in terms of results, although not done necessarily in a perfect way. If you were listening... To us talking to Alex Hitzinger uh, a couple of weeks ago on the uh, LMP1 special. Not 100% reliability this year for Porsche, but they won Le Mans, they won the Teams Championship, and they won the Drivers' Championship, as well, of course, as winning the GT Drivers' Championship and the GT Manufacturers' Championship. So the major professional championships in endurance <laughs> racing for world championship level were all taken by Porsche. And they are our first winners on tonight's I Respect Man of the Year special. Is there something that Porsche entered 
and didn't win last year. Well, they, they won the Porsche Super Cup. Yes, I know that. Yes, and, the Porsche and various Porsche Carrera Cups as well. GB. Did, 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 did they Public win Porsche GT3 actually. Cup Challenge? Did they, win, did they win GTD? Po Porsche, Porsche uh, driver Patrick Pelier won the IMSA driver's title. Uh, they won, of course, Porsche won Petit Le Mans outright. Yes. <laughs> Quite remarkably, in, in a, a feat I think we'll probably never see happen again. It's been a banner year for the Stuttgart firm and the, the team that uh, runs out of Weissach in Germany. So there's our first I respect. Uh, Man of the Year winners tonight. A team of the year is Porsche Racing. Uh, and I don't think there's going to be very many people who will be uh, complaining about that. Don't forget, you can vote for Kurt Busch, for Bart Hayden. Kyle uh, Busch. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kyle Busch. Uh, Kyle Busch for Bart Hayden. Uh, or for... Who did we say the third one was? Graham Rahal. Graham Rahal, thank you. Or uh, for Graham Rahal uh, by uh, tweeting uh, the, them with the hashtag for their surnames, please, I, to I, at I Radio Le Mans before Graham the end Rahal, of the show. Graham Rahal, if you think what's happening in a few days' time, it's actually very apposite because, of course, the force is with him. So, moving on <laughs> now, uh, we will announce another winner in uh, a little... Well, have we got time to do a, a, some news? Around 10 minutes. Right, 10 minutes time. So we'll do a little bit of news. The, uh, the uh, Maserati Trofeo uh, has just finished its uh, practice, first practice session. Roman Monti uh, Mont has uh, taken the top spot on the timing screen, the 31 car in the uh, Trofeo class with a 220.8. Ricardo Regazzi, uh, also in the Trofeo class, is in second place, 220.9. The uh, first of the TM cars is the brilliantly named Smyrna. Uh, then it's Adrian Delina in fourth position, 221.6 and 2.22 flat for those two. And they will have more qualifying uh, and practice and qualifying later on. Two races for those guys. Uh, one on, uh, I suppose one was one's thing. One's last thing on Thursday. Thursday yeah. and then... Uh, in between Friday. the two races, in the two races on two Friday. Two parts of the race, sorry. Two parts of the race, is correct. Uh, you're listening to a very special midweek motorsport as we've moved operations uh, out to the Middle East for our Man of the Year, the I Respect Man of the Year show uh, in this glittering facility uh, that is the uh, Yaz Marina circuit. And uh, it is just coming up to 17 and a half minutes past midday back in the... UK. Uh, welcome along if you're just joining us. Uh, and uh, Tim Gray, a little bit of news for us? Do you want to do about A little here? bit of Formula One news to start with. Uh, that's good because we've got a Formula One correspondent here. And Nick Damon. Yes. No, I am. A couple of weeks ago. Yes. How many people have heard of Benjamin Hoyle? A couple of weeks ago. Uh, mm. His mum, his dad, his partner, and the man who services his car. <laughs> And now, no one is not talking about him in the world of Formula One. Really? I'm not talking about him. Mm. Tell okay. me, why, why are we talking about Benjamin Hoyle? Uh, he's a Mercedes engineer. Oh, yes, we are talking about him. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Right, why are we talking about him? Because he's been... Um, he assumed. resigned in April. And he's going to go to Ferrari, and he's been sued by Mercedes for nicking some of their data. In a Spygate Part Allegedly. Two, there has mm. been no photocopying we know of, by the way. Not Pronto so far. Pr Pronto Printing Woking has not been involved in this scandal right. yet. 
but he's got a memory. Still. I feel like, uh, presumably if he's com- on this. Go on, then. Presumably if he's coming out of Mercedes-Benz, it would be pronto print in Kettering or Northampton, then, wouldn't it? It's very clever. Uh, right, OK. Go on, go, Richard. So he resigned in April, mm-hmm. uh, or announced that he was going to resign in April. Uh, his contract runs until the end of this season. A week after that, Mercedes learnt that he was going to go and work for Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they moved him out of their Formula One program and uh, exiled him to the world of DTM. That, in fairness, that's one hell of an exile from a proper race series, whatever you may think of it, to the world's most pointless race series. They mm-hmm. also took away his laptop and his company phone. Yes. Really? And gave him a new laptop and a new company oh, phone. That's all right. Okay, fair enough. And a new email address. That's good. Uh, with no access to anything. <laughs> well, but you would, wouldn't you? Of course you would. No, I haven't got a problem with this so far. Apart from the fact the poor man's got to work on DTM, but carry on. Yeah. Is, uh, is that cruel and unusual punishment, do you think? I think that's really unfair. <laughs> I think there's a... Just going to Germany every other week. There. Yes. So? And now, allegedly, uh, he still managed to steal some data. Yes. Right according to a High Court filing which has been revealed by Bloomberg. Right. And? He's in trouble. Between when he was given his new laptop, phone and email address... Mm. Yes. ...and September 24th... Yes. Apparently he removed hard-copy documents containing confidential information. Right. Mm -hmm. He also searched for and saved on a laptop confidential F1 information from the... HPP servers right. at Mercedes. Mm-hmm. This is all th- what, what is alleged in the uh, yes. submission to the High Court, is mm-hmm. it? The race report from the Hungarian Grand Prix. Right. Not all mileage data. One. Yes, not the, not the one. On no, not, not the press the, release. Not the, press the actual release. race report, right. the internal one. Yeah. Mileage data relating to F1 engines. Mm-hmm. Damage data relating to F1 engines. Mm-hmm. The code to decrypt the raw race data files. Right. right. Uh, files related to the performance of the compressor. Right. Encrypted raw data files containing detailed data about engine performance. Yes. And uh, he also uploaded a confidential document to a website. What was that? Not a published website. That hasn't been sold. Okay. Not said. Now, he saved this information on his personal mobile phone. Mm. Yes. On a series of micro SD cards. On a tablet and an external HD drive, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Right. They also claim yeah. that he then wiped that external drive, mm-hmm. yes. ran a disk fragmenter program, mm-hmm. and copied a large number of innocuous files to fill it to overwrite any deleted material. Ah. Right. HPP claimed that his contact conduct was unlawful and that he and Ferrari have potentially gained an unlawful advantage. Right. So they'd like the High Court to stop him from working for Ferrari. Right. But, but he's already sent the information to Ferrari, it's a bit late, isn't it, really? Right turn lover pointing out, shows technical progress since the last time we uh, started talking about this USB mm. and electronics replacing photocopying. It's not wrong yes. there. What have Ferrari said... It's nothing to do with us. Uh, we didn't do anything. It's not fair. And please don't find us in $100 million. We didn't. Uh, we just offered him a job. 
uh, what he does in his spare time. Nothing to do with us. He was a decision he made of his own. Nothing to yes. do with us. Or I might say, it might be nice to say, we don't believe he's done it. It's a false allegation made to cock up the move. Yeah, I bet they don't say that though. No. What do they say? They actually said uh, Benjamin Hoyle is not uh, joining our Formula One team in the foreseeable future. That doesn't mean anything. Mm. He's never had a contract with the company. Right. Right. So, so, so hang on a second. Join the oh. team. How can he have? Well, yeah. I'm obviously, that's okay. That's yes, a the, PR that's speak. Mm. But why would he have been leaving in the first place then? Mm. Maybe as a job with a different team. Ah. And but do we know that that there's any if there's anything in that? Or is no, that he's, just got, speculation? he's got a job with Ferrari, and it's all gone sour. And they're all now trying to cover their backsides. The, the only real question is whether he's already sent the information across or not, or whether bringing the information was part of his bonus package. Because I can bet your bottom dollar that they will have said, "Yeah, anything you can get." You know, mm-hmm. we all. Uh, the thing is, though, the thing is about this, and I do have a bit of an issue about this because you can't unlearn what you know. I accept that taking digital uh, records or hard copies mm-hmm. um, is a bit naughty. But you employ someone because of what's in their head, don't you? Just yeah. And, and about, about the experience yeah, that I they can bring. If you can't hold 100 megabytes of you know, in, in, impress, intricate engine data in your head, um, I'm not really sure actually how much any of that is any use to them anyway. Because they don't have the same engine. Differently, the new engine will be different. They haven't got the same engines. Mm. I mean, the, the, the race report for Hungary would just be, oh, God, Lewis has thrown it off. Oh, no, Nico's been hit by Ricardo. <laughs> what a pointless race. Oh, God. And, then go, and now we're going to have to sit down and get, you know, they'll be, be Toto going, that's it. I'm going to have to sack one of them. Don't know who it is. And everyone goes, calm down. No one believes that. <laughs> and Nicky Lauda, some, some rent a quarter from Nicky. Yeah, absolutely. Nicky Lauda go, I do love Toto. Honestly, we haven't fallen out. It's mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Right. And then Susie Wasn't Wolf, like this in my day. And then Susie Wolf on, can I have a drive? Because Williams, let's play. I haven't seen you again. No, you're just my wife. You're not allowed to have a drive. And it's the whole thing <laughs> on the race report. You don't want to see it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, we'll ki- so we're going to have to start digging out the Crown Court music again for the next uh, few weeks, aren't we? Because we that's going to go on forever, sadly. Mm. Uh, okay, let's move on. You're listening but to. Just, just a final point on yes. that one. Um, I recently I started a new job about eight months ago, and you have to fill out, or you do this kind of corporate uh, learning process, you know, training process. It's one of the things about bribery and corruption. It says, you know, if you know, if you come from your old job and you have any information, you mustn't bring it at all. You must never bring any information from your old job. And I was thinking, nobody does that. Everyone has stuff from their old job knocking about like a price list or something. It's no different. That's why you've got experience. Hmm. So, you know, obviously 100, 100 megabytes, gigabytes is not a good idea. But apart from that, hey-ho. Um, the cars are going out... Uh, onto the circuit for the first practice session of the Gulf 12 Hours. No um, driver names yet. We'll give... Well, driver... Um, I don't think driver... Six o'clock. Uh, registration is actually completed yet. That's uh, another hour and a half away. So they're going out onto the circuit even as we speak. Uh, you're listening to a special midweek motorsport as we're live from Yas Marina uh, for the Gulf 12 Hours this weekend, of course, or this uh, end of week. We'll be live with all of the sessions uh, from tomorrow. But this is our Irish Spec Man of the Year programme. And time now, Tim, uh, in between our news items, to put us uh, out of our misery for another one of our awards. And which Not one? Quite yet. Oh, oh really? Well, okay. More news. We've got time for another news story. Go on, then. You, you said 10 minutes. Is uh, it Formula uh, One? Go on. Go on. 
Carry on. It starts with Formula One, yes. Mm. Right, but okay. it expands across to all sorts of other things. Oh, exciting. Including okay. sports cars. Uh, last week, Midweek Motorsport was a special programme. Yes, it was. Uh, which means we missed last Wednesday's announcement by the FIA World Motorsport Council. What, of their who's... Oh, what, the rules, rather than the one about who's their personality of the year, and everyone went, what? Well, and Tom Christensen being... Um, King of the world. The, yes, indeed, King, King of the of world, the world yes. yes. So, first of all, mm. they've changed one of the rules, which you had pointed out would have caused them a problem, Nick. Yes, they have changed the rule to allow 21 races a year because there was a strict rule of 20. Yes, and now well now 21. it's 21. Yes, they, so they're, they're going to have the race they've got. Though I think everyone's getting quite convinced that we won't be back at Austin. So uh, they've had more storm again. damage this week, haven't they? They've and got more cash damage than anything else. And wasn't Sochi saying that they might be in trouble as well? No, Sochi have said they're not in trouble. Well, that means a local in newspaper trouble. in Russia have said they're in trouble. But that's like saying we're not going to sack the manager. We, he's got our full confidence, can I, can and I he'll take us to the end of the season no. in glory. Can I point out the person who is expressing confidence? Sochi is a man called V. Putin, and V. Putin would not want to be have his, his event, which he's very, very personally apparent at, not happening. And it would take it. It would look bad on Mr. V. Putin. So that's not going to happen. He's quite a big cheese, isn't he? He's quite well known in Russia, mm -hmm. and seems to be actually very popular. Mm. Uh, so he tells up. everybody he's very popular. And so does, uh, so does Russia Today every mm. five minutes on mm. their news. Just just how popular he is. Very popular. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll keep an I, eye I on that. I think this is very much a situation like the one with IndyCar in Boston, right? Where Which the is? local newspaper keeps saying it's not going to happen. Ah. But they have their own agenda. I see. So do you think that the local Sochi newspaper has their own agenda? Very much. That would suggest that there was a free press in Russia, which I'm not Sochi sure there is. News there is, nominally. <laughs> there is a free press, yeah. You're allowed to insult certain things or, or question certain things okay. uh, for a few times before anyone knocks on the door and says, hello. Okay. Uh, you won't make that mistake again. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that wouldn't happen again. So, uh, well, we'll keep an eye on that as well. Uh, um, and uh, what else? There's also been a uh, change to the virtual safety car rule. Has there. It's now real again. <laughs> well. What is the change, Tim? I, I haven't got this in front of me. It means that if there's a virtual safety car, mm -hmm. DRS will be re-enabled immediately after the end of the virtual safety car period and not after a period of two laps as there would be if it was a real safety car. Right, okay, so you get going again and you get EDRS. Yes. Right, okay. Fine. Whatever. And the tyres. Yeah, that and the tyres. All oh, right, ah, are yes. you going to ask me to explain this? Because that could be a bit of an issue. I'd like you to explain it, Nick. Not, not totally clear but myself. This is on Nick's this one. rule. This is your rule. You, you touted this yes, ages yeah. ago. Okay, right. Um, every race next year, there is going to be a choice of three compounds you can choose from, not two. Yes, oh, dry three dry compounds. Dries. Um, you can choose, of the six sets you get to use for qualifying in the race, anything you like from those, apart from the fact that two of the sets have to be tyres nominated by Pirelli, and one of the sets has to be the softest possible to be used only in Q3. Okay? Yes. So you get to Q3, you can use, and it's say you've got super, super soft, soft and hard, you have to use a super, super soft that, that uh, one Banzai run in Q3. Mm -hmm. uh, you can then mix and match tyres as much as you like, as long as you run one of the two sets of Pirelli's chosen tyres and one other set during the race. Is that right, Tim? That's also correct. Yes. So it's 
a little bit confusing. No one's going to know who's chosen what, and you can choose different things. Two different drivers in the same team can choose different things. So it's right. per driver, not yes. per team. Oh, is it? And we won't know till two weeks in advance, and everyone will know at the same time. Mm. So as I yeah. understand it, you can have all three types of tyre available to you in your choice of six race sets. Yes. But you obviously you've got two in the middle. You have to. So basically, if Pirelli thinks it's really a bit risky, and people are going to be silly, and they want. Yeah. So you had super. You had the new ultra soft. You had super soft and soft, and they didn't want people just having the two softest compounds. They didn't think it was going to last. They they could mandate the two the two they said were soft, so people don't find themselves without enough tyres to get to the end in a Indianapolis 2006 concept. They've always got something that will make them last if they use what Pirelli recommend, rather than trying to be terribly aggressive. Is how I see it. I think it's overly conservative, and I also think it's not. And I think what happens if it rains? Uh, all bets are all off. All bets are off, as per usual. Oh, I think you still have to, do. You still have to use a Pirelli choice and a wet tyre. You have to use the Pirelli choice, yes. Yes, and any number of wet tyres, yes. Which is interesting, really, because that could be. So if you could, so you start the race on the tyres you qualified in, which could be super duper duper soft, yeah. Or so the tyres went fastest mm -hmm. in, in group. In, in, in FP2 and that isn't the Pirelli choice of tyre and then in the first seven laps it chucks it down when do you get a chance to use the Pirelli tyre? Well presume that that's only a rule if it stays or if it is dry enough to use them Well who's going to define that? You know, if it dries well, out towards the end. If it's raining, then you're not going to use yeah, a tyre, If it dries tire, out towards the end, it's intermediate and it's getting to the point where the crossover is but there's two laps to go and there's no point putting them on for two laps what happens then? Mm. Another mm. great rule, not well written. <laughs> it's a surprise. I think. I think what there'll probably be is that I would assume there would be a. a it's obviously, it's only a one set of circles where you can start and then it rains. And I assume that the FIA would put something up on the board saying, you know, track now is dry enough to use to, to Pirelli tyre. But it's going to be a massive advantage to those who started on it outside the top ten. Formula Two's back. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Go on, then tell me about it. Uh, Formula 2, the FIA Formula 2 Championship, mm -hmm. uh, is what is currently GP2. No, really? Eh? Yeah. You're kidding me. So they've just changed it after all that, trying to get something new, they just get carried on with GP2. The FIA put out a tender for people to run Formula F2. 2. Uh, GP2 has won that tender. And so they're going to change the name. Uh, Formula 3 mm -hmm. is not GP3. Is not GP3. Um, and it's also not going to be supporting the World Endurance Championship at Silverstone. Uh, really? What's it going to be supporting? Well, it's going to be supporting something at Paul Ricard. Something. A World Touring Cars. All right, OK. Uh, and by the way, uh, right turn lover pointing out, the teams, uh, Formula One teams, have to nominate their tyre choices well in advance. Yeah, uh, it's June in, in December for Australia. So they've got to do it now, basically. And what tyres might you want really come March the 20th? never run their cars mm. on next year's tyres, which are different. That's brilliant thinking, Pirelli. So you've got to guess from a colour compound. I, oh, I've always liked blue. Blue, I think blue. They've never run the super soft. Which uh, colour is that? The purple one, the new super super duper soft. Oh, well, purple will go nicely with some of the silver cars, yeah, won't they? Nice. I would use that if I had um, a silver car. And they're never, and they're, and they're going to re the tyres. So they're actually asking teams to choose tyres they've never run on cars they've never run. Excellent. Purple doesn't show up when on TV. 
Oh, that doesn't matter. There's hardly anybody you watching now. Yellow. There's hardly anybody watching now anywhere. Except in America. Re where more people are watching than used to watch, which wasn't very many. Where now we're some people are rise this year. Yes. So they've now got 142. Yes. Uh, you're listening to a midweek motorsport specialist, our Irish Bet Man of the Year, and in common with many motorsport awards ceremonies, uh, we have moved to the Middle East. We're in Yas Marina, out on the circuit at the moment, free practice for the Gulf 12 hours, with Kessel Racing 65 uh, Ferrari, leading at the moment 2.10.4 from Black Falcon in the number one, and Kessel Racing's number 11 in third position. They're all in the 2.11s. 2.12.7 for AF Corsa, the first of their Ferraris in fourth position. And the number two Mercedes-Benz of Black Falcon in fifth position, 2.13.7. And uh, the second of the AF Corsa cars in sixth position on 2.14.1. That's how it stands in the top half dozen at the moment. It is the Man of the Year show, the Irish Bet Man of the Year show. So it's time for another award. And Tim, where are we going next? Next, we're going to our Woman of the Year category. <gasps> oh, right. And uh, the uh, Woman of the Year nominees were Chantal Kroll. Go, Chantal. Sophia Flourish. Flourish. Uh, uh, Beth Peretta. Uh, and Ashley Freiberg. Yes. <laughs> and at least in this category, everybody got at least one vote. All right. So what you're saying, one of the, in other categories... One of the teams got no votes. Really? Yeah. They didn't even vote for themselves. <laughs> so was it a close one? No. No. <laughs> All right. So uh, our woman of the year... In third place... All right, OK. ...with 10% of the vote mm. was Chantal Kroll. Oh, that was, that was far too little. Was that your choice? Yes. Yes. One Creventic series beat everybody. Mm-hmm. Champion. In second place, yes, with 33% of the vote, yes, mm. Ashley Freiberg. Good year for Ashley. Outperformed her championship-winning teammate Trent Hindman uh, throughout the year. And uh, news on where Ashley will be driving next year, coming soon on Between Motorsport. But our winner, with 53% of the vote, gosh, Sophia Flush. Really? Yes. Excellent. Do we think that might have been the Sophia Flush fan club voting for that? Still counts. It may well have been. They mm. were tweeting about it. Well, well done well, them. That's good. Well done them. That was uh, Johnny Palmer's nomination, wasn't it? He'd be pleased about that. Yeah. I don't know where he is, but he'd be pleased about that. He's, he's, he's listening on 102.2, I'm sure. At the track. Yep. Well done, Johnny. So it's one for John and one for Johnny so far. Uh, uh, it wasn't me, it was Grim. No, Grim did Manta, didn't he? No, Johnny suggested Mantai. No, I was uh, I was Action Express Racing. It was Gwen, ah, it's a Porsche. So it's Gwen for Porsche. Okay. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't recount that way, but I always do. <laughs> Another one in about 10 to 15, 12, 12 minutes' time. Right. Okay. Okay. Which hour. one will that be? I'm not going to say now. Okay, <gasps> don't forget you can continue to vote for the Listener's Award. Uh, the three that have made it through to the final. This is the only category where voting is still open at the moment. Uh, and uh, you should be tweeting either hashtag Bush, hashtag Hayden or hashtag Rahal for the three nominees that have come through from your suggestions uh, here to Midweek Motorsport and our Man of the Year show. Uh, let's move on to a little bit more news. Tim, where would you like to go next?
Bit of sports car news. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, the FIA Wo World Motorsport Council mm -hmm. has approved technical measures proposed by the Endurance Commission to make the FIA World Endurance Championship more appealing for new manufacturers. Yes, but they haven't said what they are, have they? Well, I've heard, I've heard it's a welcome book. regulations for hybrids. Right. Wind tunnel use, testing, mm -hmm. aerodynamics, and ICE, mm. which I thought was in car entertainment. So did I. Internal combustion engine, I think you'll find. Ah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, very interesting, this, because there's no real details of, of this. Well, they've, they've detailed the reduction in air, haven't they? It's currently, f it was four, it's other four defined kits, and that's under three defined kits for next year, and then two defined kits for the following year. Yes, but that of was the main body parts. You can do what you like with the dive planes and such like. And that was expected. Um, everybody we spoke to in our LMP1 um, LMP1 special um, was very keen on keeping the regulations as uh, as tight as possible to what they are now because they don't want any major changes. Uh, they don't the want any competition. Well, no, it's uh, the, the, the regular. I, I don't understand about that. If I'm honest, the the, the situation being that you know it, it's the regulations are there. It's uh, they were there to be consistent over a period of time. You don't want to be changing them in the middle of that that period of time because that you know you've committed to something yeah, for a certain uh, amount of time yeah you? i think what they've, what they've done is they've tried to reduce the costs in that you know the, that amount of testing days is going down as an idea is just to reduce cash costs and the number of variations of, of wind tunnel has gone uh, sorry body shape and, and wind tunnel days has gone down as well i suppose the idea is to reduce the on cost but um yeah i think it's, it, they haven't actually legislated anything that's going to add cost because you need to do more development or change of displacement or anything like that so i suppose it has a, it would have that net effect i'm not sure whether it's um uh necessarily needed but but obviously again people do like symbolic price reduction at the moment john don't they yeah I, whether it actually reduces prices or not cost sorry just got to be a little bit careful with this because you've got three manufacturers four manufacturers actually with nissan um who have committed to a long-term strategy, uh, in uh, and done that, you know, a couple of three years ago. And what you don't want to be doing is driving one of those guys out. Um, the, 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 there's always a difficulty for a new manufacturer coming into anything. And look at the way Nissan had structured their uh, return to the top flight of sports car racing. Instead of trying to take on the guys head-to-head, -head, they went into a, a different uh, and a different. Uh, strategy, if you f if you like, and looked at one particular type of the car that they felt part of the car that they felt that they could influence the design of, and therefore get an advantage at one particular race. That race being being Le Mans. You can't you know you can't expect Audi to forget the last 15, 16 years of racing uh, in the same way as you can't expect Porsche to forget the last two, three, four years of development that they've had on the 919 hybrid. Somebody wants to come into that then they have to come into it and abide by the regulations that, that are in force at the time. I don't see why. Hmm. Just, I, don't, I don't see how this, helps, how this helps or hinders anyone entering. It just appears to reduce some of the on-costs for the existing investors. Mm. Which is one of the things that Peugeot said they wanted. Yeah, but I can guarantee you nothing. If Peugeot actually decide to enter, they'll, t they'll do a year's testing with the car where they'll test 135 days. 
because they won't be involved in the rules because they won't be an entrant. Yes. So that doesn't make a blind bit of difference. Yes. Um, um, the the further details and Graham Goodwin has been asking about this and has let me know that in re- in respect of the World Motorsport Council decision on the tech regulations. Um, he asked that particular question of what the details are from the ACO and he says um, he was told we'll get them when they're published so you know that's that's the situation he'll get them we've made them them up yeah well no no I think I I don't think um, uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing I think it's certainly something that should be talked about if Peugeot, you know, we've talked about this for quite some time on this programme, it's my understanding that Peugeot have taken a more than passing glance at coming back into the WEC. Well, no, of course, the, uh, there was a political reason for them having to go, Nick. And, you know, the money that they spent was already spent. And the money that they would have, the extra money that, w- that they had already committed to racing wasn't necessarily saved. And it certainly didn't save any jobs. The jobs that were going to go were already going to go. But I, c- I completely understand why Peugeot felt the need to do what they do and to be seen to be cutting their cloth a little tighter. They, if they are as serious as I believe they are to be coming back, and there's at least one other manufacturer as well that I believe is serious about coming into the WEC, then you know they they should be getting involved in the technical commission. Um, and influencing the regs, the next set of regs, which may or may not come in in 17 or 18 with the new monocoque. Um, now, Toyota uh, don't want to have a new monocoque. Uh, Porsche and Audi seem to be split between them whether they do at the moment. If there are, go- we don't know what they think about that at the moment. If, if there are going to be significant changes, in how the sport looks and feels, then everybody needs to be consulted and everybody needs to have their say. Because what we don't want to do is chase off two or three of the current manufacturers in the hope that somebody else will come. No, absolutely not. I mean, we do need to attract new manufacturers because naturally the existing ones will go. They won't be here for the rest of, rest of time. At some point... You know, one of the three manufacturers currently in, but one of them will decide they don't want to do it anymore. Castle Racing, by the way, still fastest with the uh, 2.10.4 set just a couple of laps uh, ago. Black Falcon number one, now in second place. It's the 65 Castle Racing uh, Ferrari that leads at the moment. The 11 car in third, also from Castle Racing, 2.11.3. 2.11.4 for AF Corsa, now in the pits, the 51 car. It's team car, the 55, 2.11.8. This is very close uh, in the... Uh, middle part of the top 10 211990 for the Amman Racing team Dave Bartram and the Aston Martin had a quick word uh, with Dave, David earlier on and in fine form looking forward to this weekend the Black Falcon number 2 car going out in 7th position at the moment at 12-3 the rest of the top 10 the 88 of Dragon Racing in 8th Black Pearl Racing in ninth position that's the 38 car 212-9 to 13 766, the Akib number 10 car in 10th position. And that is interesting because this is the first time we've seen uh, one of the RSO1 Renaults mm. in uh, anything other than its home series, its, uh, its single make series. Uh, Akib Vachur, one of the teams who have campaigned that car. 
uh, throughout the 2015 season and have been uh, encouraged by Renault Sport to come and do this. Indeed, there's an update to that car that will bring it back to more GT3-esque levels of performance so that it can come and do events exactly like this and uh, the uh, other events that we cover uh, around the world. Of course, it's not a GT3 because there's no streetcar variant of it, but Renault Sport aware that it's an investment for the people who race in its series and that there are other places that it might race if its performance levels were closer to an FIA or an AC or GT3 car. And I think that's a smart move by Renault Sport because these are good-looking cars. They are designed as racing cars from the outset. Okay, it's not a GT3 car, but it's a bit more variety. Yeah, it's a very good-looking machine as well. Interesting, what we've not seen yet here is the, uh, the Wolf cars haven't come out, the CM machines. We haven't seen them out. Okay. Um, yep. The other thing I've just noticed is that they've, they've got a digital uh, flag system. So the track limits driver warning is being done by a TV, big TV screen above the gantry on the start-finish straight, and they're currently giving warning car number one as a black-and-white uh, track standard. That's the black Falcon car that's yeah. uh, in the pits. So, got, so it's all getting even more... Even if it's in the pits, even, it's definitely left the track. You, yeah. haven't, you haven't got to bother waving a flag here. Is that advanced? Mm. Uh, you're listening to uh, Midweek Motorsport. By the way, the uh, RSO1 Renault is running in the GT3 category. Uh, 1 and 55 are the two cars that have been won for, for track limits. Running on a slightly shorter version of the circuit than the we're used to seeing uh, on Formula uh, One coverage. Uh, you're listening to a special midweek motorsport. We are live from Yas Marina. Uh, it is the early afternoon here as the local time ticks it's around. early afternoon here as well. Yep. Um, it's, sorry, it's the late afternoon here. Sorry, uh, Tim. Yes, thank you for that. As the clock ticks around to almost 10 minutes to 5, 10 minutes to 1 in the UK. An early start for midweek motorsport. Thank you for tuning in. Keep the Twitter uh, coming, uh, the it's uh, it's good uh, to know that uh, some of you are still listening in early. And hello to everyone down at the Bathurst Twelve Hours. Lots of very interesting news coming uh, to uh, to us these last few days with uh, a lot of very good news about people who are going to defend championships. Uh, Nismo will be back down there. Uh, we know that. Uh, also, we're going to get uh, a couple of Bentleys down there. Audi are going back with some new cars. That looks to be a good race. Uh, very uh, very excited about all of that. And uh, also hearing one or two rumours that uh, in their preparations for defending their Bathurst 12 Hours crown, it may be that we don't see Nissan at the... Uh, Dubai 24 in January. Oh, yeah. hmm, um, okay. I know that the, last year they were very close, weren't they, to putting two cars in. Uh, they wanted some uh, local Australian talent, but they didn't quite have the resources for that. Uh, it, we'll try and chase that up and, and find out uh, what we can uh, about uh, Nissan Nismo. But taking the defence of the 12 hours of Bathurst very, very serious. Indeed. Keep the votes coming in for the listeners' award. It's hashtag Bush, hashtag Hayden, or hashtag Rahal uh, for our I Respect Listeners' Award. Uh, we'll announce that at the end of the show. Tim Gray. You briefly mentioned that uh, Tom Christensen's new king. Yes, yes he is. Of king the of the world. The old king. Yes. Emerson, uh, Emerson Fittipaldi. Fittipaldi is now deputy king. 
Is he deputy king, is he? Yes. Right. He decided he wanted to step down and become his own deputy. Right. That's fair enough. Excellent. Very good. Uh, uh, and of course, we're talking about uh, Tom Christensen being appointed head of the president. Driver, uh, president, excuse me, of the Drivers Commission. Drivers Commission. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Well done, to Tom. Christensen. Done very well collecting things since he retired, hasn't he? Trophies and awards and. Well, he's got the equivalent to a knighthood as well in, in, in Denmark. In Denmark, yeah. Sir Tom. My Sir Tom. It's not quite like that, but yes. Um, uh, and uh, we are hearing, in fact, that uh, Nismo definitely won't be uh, at the Dubai 24. That has uh, been announced now. So hmm. concentrating on the defence of the Bathurst 12 hours, possibly with two cars we'll no, wait to see how cars at Dubai there. no 100 cars will be starting that live here on RadioLamont.com of course and we confidently expect to get more than 50 around the first corner <laughs> uh, and don't forget if you weren't uh, listening carefully at the start of the show if you go to www.radiolamont.com underneath the man of the year story you will be able to see that we have opened the Radio Le Mans apparel store it's not a clothes shop it's an apparel store great how many hats Mm. Uh, s- uh, still no hats. Well, hopefully it's better than Hollister. It's not not too dark to see anything. It's uh, it's very brightly lit. Uh, and you thanks need to again. eat some carrots. <laughs> thanks <laughs> no. again to Tess and Andy for getting that sorted out with our partners at Spider. Was it shirts, hats. What was the third one? Outerwear. Outerwear. Outerwear, shirts, and hats. Well, you were lusting after I my. I want your bamboo jacket. Yeah. And Alan McNish. I'd like, is po- I'd like to point out I want one for free because of the tight one, but carry De- on going. Alan McNish is desperate to do them. Uh, d- des- def- desperate <laughs> to have one if we do them in his size, is what I was trying to say. We're doing children's clothes then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on. We've got another announcement to make shortly, but I think time to. Uh, yeah, the final story from the. World Motorsport Council, yep. mm-hmm. or the final one that we're going to deal with. We're not dealing with the truck championship or the drag racing or anything. It's from the FIU European Drag Racing Championship. <laughs> oh! Nice one. <laughs> because they've approved the final round of the championship in Malta. Really? How are they going to get the drag system Malta? Well, as soon as you get anything to Malta, by sea or by air, but where are they? I wasn't must, aware that... must be on an airfield. On Malta Drag Raceway is going to host it. Fantastic. It almost makes you want to go to Malta, doesn't it? The last time I was in Malta, I was very, sad, very ill. Can I ask you a sad technical question about drag racing? I don't know the answer. Yes. European drag racing. Yes. Is that still a quarter of a mile, or has it gone to a thousand feet like the Americans? I think it's still a quarter of a mile. Right. Okay. I should have known this because it, they had the last race, the last big round of the season, not that very long ago at Santa Pod, which is almost within a good you pin. You must be able to hear it shortly. Yes, I think we still can. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that only puts you within 12 miles of it, but I'm sure you can hear it. Keith Bartlett will have me over for this. Sorry, Keith. Um, tweet, please, at Specutainment. European FIA European drag racing, still a quarter of a mile or just a thousand feet? Uh, it's worth going to see. Definitely. Uh, moving on. Um, is it time for another award? It is. Oh. Right. So this time, we're going to do Young Driver of the Year. And the uh, Young Driver of the Year nominees were as follows. Uh, Charles Leclerc, Spencer Piggott, Charlie Robertson, Jamie Chadwick, 
and Max Verstappen. I can't help thinking I should win this one. Who did you, you put should win this? this. Max You're Verstappen. not under 21. No, my nomination. I it's, it's not about you, Nick. It's Stop making this. It's all about me. You it's know that, John. It's about you. Uh, five nominees, five young talent who have uh, had a, uh, a fantastic season. Uh, who has been chosen? How did the voting go, Tim? At one point, we had to tie for the lead. In fact, up until this morning, we had to tie for the no. lead. No! Yeah. Right. Okay. We do still have a tie for third place. Between? Between Charlie Robertson. Right. And Spencer Piggott. Right. Right. In second place. Yes. Jamie Chadwick with 35% of the vote. Well done, Jamie. That was my, that was my nom. <laughs> nom de plume. Jamie will be, uh, he's still very, I think she's only just turned 16. Wow. So no, she's older than that. She, well, she's 16, she's not 17. I'll, I'll can look it up, but she's she can, she, up. she has a very good uh, chance of being nominated by me again next Every year. Every year for the next five years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that she's must, seventeen. She's seventeen. All right, she must be. I only got four years in. Right. Um, so that must leave us surely with an, an outright winner. Um, that comes from a Formula man who's one. got more awards over the last week. Yes. Than years in his life, I think. Right. And it is? Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen wins our Young Driver of the Year. Because mm. uh, we're doing the thing about how he won three, three awards at the uh, FIA Awards. Yes, yes he, tell us. What did he, he win? He got Rookie of the Year. Which is, I think is fair enough. He got Overtaker of the Year. Fair enough. And Personality of the Year. Yes. To which, in fairness to Max, in his response, he said, I'm really pleased to get Rookie of the Year. It's great to be recognised my achievements. It's a really fantastic overtake of the year. I particularly like that, and I hope you've enjoyed watching me. Yes. And then he said, I have no idea why I won Personality of the Year. <laughs> and join yeah. the club. Yes, absolutely. Because in fairness, if you, A, it's the FIA, but we know that means Formula One. The only person displaying a personality in Formula One at the moment is Lewis Hamilton. Whether it's a personality you like or not, who knows, but... But there was Jensen Button in in the same I would say Jensen Button and Fernando Alonso this year. And a, Alonso, gr- yeah. a grumpy personality. Well, it's a personality, isn't it's a personality. it? Personality. You are. You are. I and will it's something bow that's, that's not PC. And and Daniel Ricciardo, Danny Rick. No, he just smiled a lot. But, but also another smiler. You had Hollywood in that same Petter Solberg. F, uh, FIA World Rallycross champion? No, I don't think I don't believe for a second that the best personality in the FIA racing comes from Formula One. But apparently, they put their nominate. I'm sure there's, there's, I could, we could all name 20 better personalities in the, in the WEC paddock. No problem at all. You know, it's it's not the point, though, is it? You know, no. Who would you rather go if you let's, let's list racing drivers you'd like to go for a beer with? Not many of them, possibly outside Je- Jensen. Well, Max Verstappen. He's not old he's, enough. I mean, he's not old enough, is he's he? In, he's 18 now. He's got, he got a beer in America. Okay. And no one's had a beer here, so... Still to come, uh, we will reveal uh, the other winners. Uh, with, shall we do the still to come now? I'm a bit early for that. Well, we have three more categories. We do. We'll talk about that when uh, we get to uh, the... Uh, the hour, which will be uh, one o'clock in the UK, and don't forget you can still vote hashtag Bush, hashtag Hayden, hashtag Rahal for the listeners' awards. And uh, you've got 
How long into the show dare we leave that open now? It's electronic now, so it's not like yes. Tim has to... Quarter to two. Quarter to two, UK. Oh, he's not counting it then? It's automatic, is it? Oh. oh I've, lost, I've lost a lot of respect from him. I thought no, no, he's, count, count, he's counting. I thought he was sitting counting them on the spreadsheet. Yes, but at least it's still coming in. It's not as if he's got, uh, uh, you know, open emails and things like that. Oh, I've, not, I've not got to open envelopes. No. No. So it's hashtag either Bush, Hayden or Rahal. Uh, and it's at Radio Le Mans is the Twitter hashtag for our I Respect Man of the Year show 2015 live from Yas Marina where the cars continue to circulate and it's Nicky Kadai now We've behind the wheel of the 65. <laughs> he may have been behind it earlier. He may he have been. Know that. It's Maro Engel uh, with the number one black Falcon car in second place. Michael Bronchevsky uh, in 11 in third. Andrea Rizzoli is the best of the year, of course, cars. The 51 car in fourth position. Yelma Berman in the second of the Black Falcon Mercedes in fifth position. Uh, it's still the AF course, the number 55 in the pits. It hasn't got back out. That's why we don't know who's behind the wheel of it. 2.11.8. A 2.11.9. Darren Turner behind the wheel of the 44 motor base, the Oman Racing. Uh, Aston Martin uh, running in full GT3 spec, but GT3 2015, not with the update kits. Uh, then it's Alex Capardia. Great to see Alex behind the wheel of something again. Dragon Racing number 88, Ferrari, uh, 212 Fort. At this point, I really wish I'd brought here an entry list with me. Uh, and rounding off the if top top 10 uh, is uh, in 10th position is the Equipe Vacher. That is the Renault Jean-Pierre Ligueur at the wheel of that. And Steve Parrow behind the He's wheel of the Black Pearl the car. Black um, Have you noticed that? Uh, 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 Steve Parrow. We what, did what, what, what were we written on his uh, oval? S. Parrow. Sparrow, yes. Not Captain Jack Sparrow for the Black Pearl by any chance. Yes, it might be. The 38 car, uh, which... That car won at Mugello in the national seat when I was listening. That's the top 10 at the moment. We've seen 19 of the 22 cars out uh, on the circuit and we'll give you another update uh, towards the end of this session. There's 40 minutes still to go but we've reached the end of the first hour of the Man of the Year show. Midweek Motorsport. Half time and while we swap ends here's what's coming up. Uh, well, still more news to come, of course, but it is the Man of the Year show, so that means we've got three more awards still to reveal to you. The Car of the Year, will it be McLaren, Porsche, Lamborghini or Mercedes-Benz? The Man of the Year, Mark Webber, Timo Bernard, Sebastian Bordier, Valentino Rossi and Nick Tandy all in with a chance of that one. The voting for those have closed, but not for the Listener Award. Hashtag Bush. Hashtag Hayden or hashtag Rahal for the I Respect Listeners Awards and tweet those immediately, please, to at Radio Le Monde. And we'll be closing the uh, voting for the uh, Listeners Award in about 45 minutes' time. That's all still to come in the second half of the show. Midweek Motorsport on RadioLeMonde.com. But before all that, Tim Gray has... A, can I have a little bit more sports car news, actually? Because we sort of dabbled with sports cars. Uh, and I was then, to come back to it. All right. No, no, please, you, if you've got something else planned, carry on. On Facebook, on the Lessons Collective on Facebook the other day, someone asked if, as well as having the Man of the Year show awards, we could do a Hall of Fame. I think that's a very good idea. 
But what, what would our criteria for a Hall of Fame be, though? Well, that's, I think, we need to sit and speak because to the listener about I don't that. think it really matters to us their particular success as a driver. Who says it should be just drivers? Or anything. It should be the people who provide the most entertainment for the radio audience. Right. So, for example... This is all about you again, isn't it? No, it is all about Nick. I was no. just thinking Nick's going to <laughs> no, be... No, not me. I'm talking about... You no, know, for example, there are a number of drivers who are very good but are just useless on the radio. You right. know, they don't give good interviews. They don't come up here and chat to you and all that sort of thing. So There are some like Thomas Enger who bring you coffee See, Thomas in Enger the middle of a risk. Thomas Enger literally is a shoo-in. What's in that coffee? Thomas Enger... Stop it. Thomas Enger, for being lovely to all of us, is in. Yeah. He's in, the, he's in the RLM Hall of Fame. Alan McNeish, obviously straight in, no problems whatsoever. Forget the, the Mon wins. You know, he's got his own catchword with the collective, straight in. Yep. You know. The two Alexes. Yes. Alex Verts, yeah. Who's the second one? Sorry, I lost that one. Brundle. Brundle. No, he can't be in because he's part of the team now. Oh. You can't put, it's, it's really, really kind of creepy to put the people who are actually part of the team in. Right. What about okay. people who've been part of the team in the past? Are well, we then absolutely Johnny no. Molan? No, you can't. I would exclude Joe Mo because he might come. But, but people, for example, who have been great members of the team and perhaps aren't anymore, for, like Charles Dressing, for example, they go in. Yeah. But Robin Goodman. Robin, absolutely, Robin, yeah. So Fingers Tyler. Yes. I'm sure maybe he'll come back one day. Um, so yeah, that's, what, that's my personal opinion. It should be what's good on the radio. Nick, slash so Nick Dearman could be... Oh, we haven't told you that yet, Nick. He's in the playing with the toy the, cars uh, anyway. That's the greatest uh, uh, sacky letter I've had. I've had a few. Yeah. <laughs> you're now... You're, dear Nick, <laughs> Are you going another good way? News, bad, <laughs> good news, bad news. Uh, you're, uh, you're now available... You're now eligible, eligible. F- for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Because you're not working for us anymore. <laughs> you're now to the Hall of Fame. Dot, yeah. dot, 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 dot. <laughs> uh, I th- we'll have a word with the responsible adult about this. And uh, I think a consultation with the listener about how this... We should also bring in bloody sports car as well. I think that's a very good idea. And, of course, we won't do it at the end of the year. We would do it at Le Mans time, wouldn't we? Because oh, that's because your year oh. runs from June to June. Because our year runs from June to June. We've got a lot of time to do that sort of thing on Wednesday and Thursday. Yes. Uh, I think that is oh. the... Uh, I think that is definitely... I can think of somebody I, I, I'd send in. Right. Well, but don't say now. I I'm just giving you an example. But there no, we go. no, no. I mean, not, and not a driver. Right. So we, we, there's, there's a few. I mean, what about Henri Pescarola? Henri Pescarola. Hey, Man who's recently moved jobs, Darren Cox. I think he would be a oh, in. Very good. The, the uh, perhaps Hall of Fame then isn't quite the right title for it. Leave that with me. We'll come back on a roll. No, American. we have that. Bit American. We have that. Um, 87's been done for track limits, by the way. We will do that, really? Yeah, I can see on Drive there. through. Oh, sorry, no, just a black and white. Uh, okay, that, that's, we'll, we'll work it's on really that. There's point giving people drive through penalties in a practice session. <laughs> well, they take away their best time sometimes for no discernible reason. Yelma Berman. Uh, oh, I was just about to say it improved, but he did it t- 2.11.7. It was 2.11.4 in the number two Black Falcon car. Thomas Fleur in the 51 at the moment. Uh, now, who was the car that we didn't know that had gone out? The AF Corsa 55. That still hasn't got a name next to it. And we have got a TBA. Excellent. We have the, f- the famous TBA <laughs> in the 40 car. I think I don't like that one. It's a lowercase TBA. I think it should be like an uppercase TBA. Yeah. There's a CRM in there as well, but I think that's the name of the team, isn't it? I, think, think? The C- I think the possibly the CRM might be the Wolf. Uh, it's, it's a CR class, isn't it? Right. You might be it's right. A guess. 
23 trouble as well. That is the CRM. Right. Uh, and that now has uh, 34 minutes to go in that uh, first free practice session. And uh, don't forget, we'll be bringing you full live coverage of the Gulf 12 hours for the first time here mm. on RadioLamont.com throughout uh, Thursday. And race day is Friday here. However, mm -hmm. just going back to our previous item, I believe Tim was referring to the fact the FIA is going to have a Hall of Fame. Is that correct? They are. I wasn't really going to talk about it. Oh, so okay. that's the point. No, I don't see the point either. They've got a Hall of Fame. It's called the Record Books. Ooh. They also, there was also lots of other Halls of Fame. Mm. One of the baseball For example, ones. Good. One NASCAR. other motorsport Hall of Fames. There's one run by Motorsport Magazine. Yes. NASCAR. There's the NASCAR Hall of Fame. There is. Uh, there is the International Hall. Hall of Fame at Talladega. There's the IMSA Hall of Fame at Sebring. There must be an IndyCar one. Indianapolis, sure. Well, there Indianap like must Indy be the Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah, got to be, hasn't it? Inducting people. Mm -hmm. Have you been induced recently? Easy, Tiger. A <laughs> uh, couple of lines from dailysportscar.com. Uh, Maserati, Yay, who we saw right out me. on the circuit here with their Trofeo car. We'll just start talking about this. Uh, where are you? Oh, go on, I'll let you do it then. Yes. Carry on. Because you said you wanted to do sports, sports car news. And Maserati, as we have a Maserati fan, a token Maserati fan in the... Uh, not a token there. fan, I'm an actual fan. Mm. You're the only fan in our team. That is true. Well, I'm a bit of a fan. That is true. I love I, classic Maserati. I'm trying... I was, we, we, John was merely toying with the idea of buying one just two nights ago. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> You've I was. been there and done that, of course. I bought two. Twice. And sold two. And loved them both the whole time I had them. Mm. But they were coming out of warranty, so I had to get rid of it. Um... <laughs> It looks very much as though we are going to see Maserati doing something, Tim, in 2016 that they haven't done for quite some time, i.e. compete. Race against other manufacturers. Yes, indeed. Against Ferrari? That's not true, though. We have seen them racing against other cars in the uh, Parade World Challenge. Well, they... If uh, we've seen it. They are uh, coming... They, are, they have brought out an official GT4 car. Uh, late season last year in the Pirelli World Challenge, they dipped a toe in the water in the GTS class is of it World Challenge. Gran Turismo? That's um, quite a big car. It is quite, a, it is quite for, uh, a big car, but it looks absolutely It's got a similar problem in standard trim to the Bentley, and it's, it's actually a very luxurious, weighty machine. So well, they'll have to go for paper mache doors on that as well. Uh, it is the uh, 4.7 engine, mm -hmm. the electro-actuated transmission. Which is now shift. quite good, actually, in fairness. 1,410 kilos. Yeah, it, the, the, the road car's 1,780 or 1,800, so... Uh, it's also going... The power comes down from 488 to 430, um, and a newly designed rear spoiler and uh, diffuser brings the car's performance roughly in the line of other GT4 cars. They are seeing... Maserati is seeing that they... Um, are hoping to sell a decent number of these uh, and we've already got uh, something in the region of 10 different teams uh, looking uh, looking at with 20 cars 10 teams buying 20 cars looking at this 
uh, in various GT4 championships around the world, and that makes you very happy, does it not? Chuffed a bit, especially come that dark blue. I love the dark blue they do with racing, with, with, with the silver for the Maseratis. Mm. It's a nice car. It's, it not, a very it's heavy car, good, so it's, it's a lovely GT. Uh, Graham Goodwin has just pointed out to me that Maserati did, of course, race in the first GT3 championship with the 3200 GT. It's also sent a link to MaltaDragRacing.com. Yes, I know. <laughs> is it an airport circuit? Or is it He's jonesing not being in the show, isn't he? He really is. Uh, clicked on the link, hang on. Uh, Roberto Bozzi, yeah. who is the sales and marketing motorsport manager for Maserati. The job I want. Very nice Italian, piece though. of alliteration. Says, uh, the World Challenge and updated GT4 series in Europe is an excellent opportunity for Maserati and the teams and clients who would like to race with a mark that is steeped in character and history. The budget's acceptable. The series are competitive and professional. There you go. I like it. Let me throw some names at you. Go on, then. Right. Uh, first of all, someone who potentially could have been nominated as Woman of the Year this year. Mm-hmm. Christina Nielsen. Yes, could have been. And what do you want me to do? Comment on that one name, or are we waiting I, for someone? I want you to... Tell Jeez, us about Christina Nielsen. More air miles than anyone next year. And the daughter of Thingy, John. <laughs> no. Lars <laughs> <laughs> Eric. But never mind. Um, however, she will, she, her plan is to become only the second daughter uh, of a Le Mans competitor to go to Le Mans this year. She's added Le Mans to a pretty comprehensive lineup of races, including a full season in IMSA. Some, I think, European Le Mans series races. The ones that don't clash, yeah. Yeah, and now Le Mans as well, which means she'll be another driver who will be on the red eye from Detroit at the uh, IMSA race at Belle Isle back to Le Mans for her rookie laps, which she has to compete on the Sunday morning. It's interesting, this. Um, I first saw Christina racing in the Middle Eastern Porsche GT3 Carrera Cup Challenge, now in its seventh year of competition, uh, a good couple of three years ago. I thought she had an absolutely stellar year last year with the uh, with Kevin Butler's uh, Aston Martin racing team in the US and uh, narrowly missed out on the championship right at the end of the year, having led it for a goodly portion. I thought she... In terms of her driving, she matured a lot. She was far more consistent than she had been. Uh, Kuno Whitmer making a big difference to that team. And I think to Christina's performance as well, when he joined partway through the season, should say as well, by the way, that Kuno Whitmer has been uh, mentioned uh, with BMW uh, in the States as well. And that's uh, a fair reward for good hard work and a, a solid endurance campaigner in Colonel Whitmer. Um, right, throw another name at us. Oliver Gavin. Ollie G. Uh, <laughs> shamefully overlooked in many uh, uh, end-of-year awards, but not at the BRDC, uh, where he did pick up a gong. Le Mans winner again, of course. What's Ollie G doing? Uh, is he going back to Bathurst to do something at Bathurst? Is he what, what do we normally say about him? Uh, he runs Hastings, marathons. He's Yardley Hastings' greatest sports car driver. He's Yardley Hastings. Is he moving house? He did reveal at the BRDC Awards right. that five doors down... <coughs> Bless you. ...has a new near neighbour. Who is? Don't turn Nick Tandy. 
No. So, is Oliver no, no, Gavin no, 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 still no, Yardley not. Hastings' fastest racing driver? Well, unless unless Nick has moved said, yeah. in the last couple of weeks, and given that he was having worked on his house the last time I saw him before we went to Shanghai, or unless Ollie's moved out of Yardley Hastings, I'm not sure that's true. Maybe Ollie doesn't live in Yardley Hastings. Oh. But the question is, if Nick Tandy lived five doors down from Ollie Gavin, who would be that particular village's greatest sports car driver? Mm. That's what I'm trying to guess at, yes. Mm. And I think you'd have to say, at the moment, it's pretty much a draw. Yeah, because a, an overall win against class wins. Ollie's never had the chance to go for an overall win. Mm, then, of course, Tandy did that fabulous thing at Petit this year. Uh, but look at look at look at the Ollie's got history. Look at the background. But yeah. he's older. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think you probably say at the moment it's pretty much too close to call. Mm. You probably go for Ollie, wouldn't you? I don't know actually. I think it's hard. I think. Well, they recently did. Uh, uh, I think they recently did a, um, a battle, didn't they, for one of the magazines? It might have been Motorsport magazine actually, um, uh, and to see who was quicker in a cart somewhere. Um, it'd be interesting to see in identical machinery I tell you that uh, Halfar Raceway by the way was orig- which is um, the Maltese race uh, drag race track uh, used to be called REF Halfar ah, a British yeah. airbase in the 1920s it was built it was peppered with bombs but never knocked all the way out of cir- uh, service uh, during the Second World War it served as a vital base for the Allies in the Mediterranean Sea in 1979 the base was given over to the government of Malta and in the 1980s drag racing started there. The track has evolved from being, quote, just a runway into a place with permanent structures, walls, a full timing system, scoreboards, and all the bells and whistles needed to uh, maintain it correctly. The place is sanctioned by the Malta Drag Racing Association, uh, says Graham Goodwin, our Maltese correspondent. Let's move on to... Is he Malteser? Uh, let's move on to our next category in the Irish Bank Man of the Year show on Midweek Motorsport, and it is... It's car of the year. Oh, right. Now, car of the year. Tell us the nominees. Uh, The nominees were the McLaren MP430. This this was my nomination for two reasons. One, because it gave us the best radio messages for many drivers all the way through the year. Two, because it was so technically advanced it made two world champions pretty much disappear. Uh, They were completely invisible for the whole of the year. Uh, The Lamborghini Huracan was uh, nominated by Johnny Palmer. Uh, the GT3... won the Lebegeni Blancan Super Trofeo. Um, and because of its uh, amazing bursting onto the scene in GT3. Uh, the Porsche 919 Hybrid, Graham Goodwin's uh, nomination for this. Um, you know... Six, six and a half seconds quicker than anything went last year in a year where the regulations didn't change. Quite a remarkable run, as we said earlier on, of the of, of championship, championships, in fact, plus the Le Mans win as well under great competition. And, of course, the all-conquering Mercedes-Benz W06, which hammered, smashed, absolutely pulverised everything that was behind it into small pieces of dust. How did the voting go to? In joint second place, joint everything second else. Place. Everything <laughs> else. Everything else was in second. So it was that close. 
at the back end of the field. So there, there is one massive overall victory. Or was everything else very close and it was a tiny bit to the leader? With 86% of the vote. <laughs> the car of the year for 2015 on Midweek Motorsport and the I Respect Man of the Year show is... The VW Polo? No. That <laughs> <laughs> WRC Polo. It is. It was dominant, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Come on. Why did nobody nominate that? Come on. Uh, it is the Porsche 919. The Porsche 919, the 919 but hybrid. The, black, the white one or the red one? Does it matter? Does it matter? For when you're red, one, white, personally. and black, it doesn't matter. So Porsche take their second. <laughs> Uh, win of the 2015 show still to come. Man of the Year, Nick Tandy, Valentino Rossi, Sebastian Bordier, Timo Bernhardt and Mark Webber go head and to race head. Of the year. Uh, oh yes, Race of the Year as well. I forgot to mention that earlier yeah, on. Yeah, but you said that was a foregone conclusion. It was a foregone conclusion. We're going to announce it. <laughs> but we had to do the voting because we need to find out who's going to be second and third. Yes. Mm. True enough, of course. Uh, and of course, we'll do that one next we've in about 12 minutes' time. And we've still got your listeners' award. Don't forget at Radio Le Mans and hashtag Bush, hashtag Hayden, hashtag Rahal for the I Respect Listener uh, Award. Remember, this is the Respect Award, the person who, uh, in your mind over the last year, has done most for the motor the, the, to uh, uphold that respect in the motor racing world. You're listening to Midweek Motorsport. It is the Man of the Year show. We're at Yas Marina. There are 21 minutes still to go, and it is still the number 65. Nicky Kadai, who uh, is refusing to be pulled out of that car <laughs> and still circulating. He's just gone through in a 2.15, but the car's best is a 2.10.4, which was put in as early as its fourth lap. Uh, Maro Engel has just brought the number one uh, Black Falcon Mercedes-Benz into the pit lane. The 11 of Michael Bronczewski is in third position. Uh, that was an early time as well. Uh, sixth lap of the 2.11.3. Thomas Fleur out in the Ferrari number 51. Yelba Berman and Darren Turner now both in the pit lane. As Khaled El Kabaisi has gone out in the number one car. Just pulls out of the pit lane now. Uh, and... Uh, in seventh, it's still the AF Corsica. I still can't tell you who's in that one at the moment. Darren Turns actually just improved to sixth position, hasn't he? Just noticed that. That was done on lap 13. And pitted. But yeah. Roberto Ragazzi in the number 50 has gone up to eighth position just a couple of laps ago. Who else has improved recently? Jean-Pierre Lecure in the 10th position. Equipe Vacher, uh, that is the... Uh, that is the Renault RS01 making its endurance racing debut. And Charlie Hollings is just into the pits after uh, doing a 2.12.6.03 as Amadel Harty uh, goes through in the 44. And that's that car's fastest lap, a 2.11.6.11, pushing that to sixth position. So some green on the timing screens at the moment with uh, 19 and a quarter minutes to go in the first free practice session of the Gulf 12 hours uh, happening just uh, down below us uh, at the moment in our uh, very salubrious and uh, actually quite panoramic view from this uh, commentary position here. The wind blowing in off the desert, the uh, UAE flag uh, pretty much at 90 degrees from 
the centre flagpole uh, flanking it, the Formula One flag and the Yas Marina flag at the moment was a bit chilly and we had some rain here yesterday as the first of the floodlights have just been turned on here. 40 minutes to go. Let's get back uh, up to London and to Tim Gray. Tim, where are we going next? I thought you might want to do some bike news. Motorcycles. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Who's been testing at Mategi? Everybody. Honda normally. <laughs> that might give you clues to which uh, person we're talking Fernando about. Fernando Alonso. Then. Fernando Alonso. Had a go on the GP bike. Did he really? Yeah, apparently. Good for him. Lucky. Lucky. So and so. He had some quite nice leathers as well. Yeah, after spending Nick, the entire year Nick, going. I've seen pictures of you and your leathers in I the like 1980s. Nice I like a nice set of leathers. You know there that. was purple involved. It was kind of a deep, I don't think it was a deep blue. Um, there was purple in the gloves. <laughs> there was purple. All right, there was purple. It doesn't show up well on TV, as, as uh, Tim tells you, idea. And, and frankly, I've also seen Is that pictures. Where you ditched it? I've seen uh, pictures, and indeed I have seen in real life you on sports bikes. The and your days of sports bikes. The reason are I ditched you. those leathers is because I didn't ride for a few years, and when I put them on, they'd shrunk. Had they? Yes. <laughs> yes. Never does that. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I've got a pair of leathers like that that I can barely get over me thighs. It's not how they shrink over the years, yes, isn't it? Absolutely. It just dries out with the age. Yes, that's unless the one. Working it all the time. And yes, so do the leather. Yeah. It shrinks naturally. Yeah, so you had to go in the, uh, the, the Honda celebration day, wasn't it? So it's one positive point of, of an awful year at Honda. He got to drive the... Um, sorry, he got to ride the uh, Honda. Don't we, I don't know. Has he ever ridden the Ducati as part of the Ferrari days? They used to tie up and they were co-sponsored by the same people. Mm, don't know. Um, I know that... I'm sure... I know Schumacher did some slow laps on the Ducati because he was... Before he decided to do his rather ill-fated... Um, German Superbike program. Yes. Um, I always wonder whether those injuries he had in the German Superbikes, which were neck and head, didn't help when he had his serious accident, personally. But that's not a question to be asked now. Uh, let's move back to Formula One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which team is thinking of returning to Formula One? Uh, Theodore. Yes. Who were only in there for about three years in the first time. Yeah, they're hardly a major name. I think the only advantage Theodore had is that one of these teams that built relatively poor cars, which they then sold to the t- people who then ran in the Aurora Championship, and now the uh, the make weights in those uh, historic Formula series who who trundle around behind all the uh, Williams FW 07s <laughs> One of those uh, make weights was David Kennedy. Well, it was not sure him personally. This was the car. Yes. Uh, what's his job now? Is he the head of a track somewhere? No. Is he the head of Theodore? No. Is he a chat show host? No. What is, what is he then? He runs a racing team. <laughs> okay, which Status. Oh, no. That's not, he doesn't run Status. He's managing director. Oh, right. He's involved in the ownership of Status. Okay, right. Mm. Uh, and he ran one of those Theodores in the Aurora Championship, as you mentioned, back in 1979, and won races in it. But it was absolutely fine, the Aurora Championship. Who's the team principal of uh, the GP2 arm of status? I don't know. I'm not even going to try and guess that one. <laughs> Who is it? Is it Teddy Yip? It's Teddy Yip Jr., yes. Ah, is it really? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. How fantastic. You have now actually completely exhausted my Theodore knowledge, by the way. <laughs> Excellent. 
Very good. No, it must be. We're talking 70s F1. We should have woken Joe up. I literally mean woken Joe up. <laughs> is he on the floor somewhere? <laughs> is he lying in the corner he's there? Not, I mean, he's a little bit fatigued after an overnight flight. Yes, yeah, so less than 70, Our 70s F1 expert is indeed Mr. Uh, Bradley. Yes, he's wearing a very 70s uh, t-shirt. 60 at the 60 shirt. Yes, yeah, 60 shirt on. Uh, yes, okay, moving on. It's starting to get dark very quickly here. It will get dark very quickly. Mm. It's like switching off a light switch. And they'll switch on some lights, and they have done already. Lights are on, yeah. And people so are on. So Theodore made their return to Formula 3 two years ago. Mm-hmm. With a Dallara, I assume. With a Dallara. Yeah. That's just they entered the Macau Grand Prix with Alex Lynn. Mm-hmm. How did, did he, well? he do? Uh, he won. He won it. He did, yeah. yes. And uh, this year they had reigning Macau champion Felix Rosenquist in their car. How did he do? He, he crashed. He won. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> you had a choice of two. Not Nick. for him personally, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, tell you, tell you. I love working with you. What else is Theodore up to at the moment? Uh, <laughs> Sports cars. Um, they do, they've got a Porsche team in Asian Porsche. I don't know. Yes. Have they? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nick they have a lot of Asian teams. They have a lot of Asian uh, teams, yes, that's right. Their point is that once you get to Super GT, yeah. sorry, not Super GT, Super Formula, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where do you go? That's a good point. There's only one way to go. Are well, they saying that, yes, of course, Super Formula's very, yeah, but they, they play, they think it's fast as F1, but the problem is Super Formula's still an off-the-shelf format. It, Formula mm. 1 is just quantifiably ridiculously over-expensive. You can do a whole season for less than the cost of the engine in F1, in Super Formula. But there you go. Has, t- uh, has Teddy Yipper, Teddy Yipper Jr. got plenty of cash? My guess is yes. Oh, yes. But of course, plenty and of cash before of one cash are different. Because of the heritage of the name, mm-hmm. um, they are not going to get... They will they not get... Yeah, they will not get historic F1 China. money off... They will not get historic F1 money off Bernie, unlike Renault. No, no, but, but, <laughs> no. There, but there will... They, they will have be heritage. They can sell that in China. Yes, right. Where yes. there is still quite a lot of money and a growing appetite for motorsport. Cool. Mm. No, I mean more teams in the area. Don't get me wrong. They'll obviously try to try and model themselves on the Haas entry method rather than doing it all themselves. They'll have to try and find a team to partner up with. I'm sure that uh, there's a couple who would like to have someone extra. And while we're talking about names from the past, this is a bit of a shoehorn because it's on, not quite there. <laughs> um, a British GT entry from Tolman. It's not actually yeah. Tolman. Different spelling of Tolman. I know, but it's close enough to be able to, to elbow it in. That was definitely a shoehorn. It was a shoehorn in. Uh, this is Warwickshire-based Tolman Motorsport, and they have a couple of uh, G55 GT3s. David Patterson. They've been racing in Genetis and will make categories for the last few years. Yeah. Mm. Y- yes, the, the, but the Super Cup car is not the same as the GT3 Super car. Um, no. th- they will be getting their first GT3 version shortly. And delighted to say that friend of the show and well-known groovy person, Luke Davenport, oh, cool. will be the other driver. As I said, it's, a, it's an anticipated it'll be a two-car operation. Um, Mike Simpson uh, is uh, already being touted as one of the drivers uh, of the second car uh, and this uh, basically is just another rung on that Janetta ladder isn't it a GT a full GT3 car uh, that would be an interesting car to drive I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed driving the Super Cup car um, I found it a very demanding car to drive there's no driver aids on that but it was a very well balanced and very nice car with a GT3 with traction control and full ABS, 
Um, you never got that picture in your dining room. You had a full ABS. That's very true. <laughs> that's very, very true. I think that was Drew who uh, who, who took that one. Um, a, a very, very interesting this uh, for Janetta, uh, running in the British GT Championship in 2000. Uh, and 16. So you're kind of talking about the return of almost an old name. We're, we'd had to shoehorn the various name changey stuff that's been going on F1 now, Tim. We're saving that for later. I'll do that now. Because obviously Renault, obviously last week was a special MMP1 special, so we didn't yes. have any news news. And of course, the big news is that Renault have actually decided to buy um, Lotus and will take over as a works team. Um, very Intriguing. Much, I'm very much saying that next year is a building year. I have an in uh, in the team, and I know that they are. Oh, 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 I have on. a question then. Here come. I have a question then. Mm -hmm. What about Julian Palmer? It's absolutely fine. Right, because so it's, he a build, it's a building year. They, they, they have written off, effectively, most of next year already. Do they start again as a, as a new no. engine manufacturer? No, they continue, well, they're, they're going to do a redesign, but as far as they're concerned, the design of the car was um, switched from Mercedes to Renault only only six weeks ago. Wow. Despite all the things saying it was yes, done yes, yes. way before. Yes. Um, it's a building year. Renault is saying next is building year. They're already writing off. They're only really interested in development, so they're not going to get bothered about drivers. So um, my, my guess is those two drivers will be the two drivers. Maldonado, who's had a problem, of course, politically himself, with the socialist government being ousted from Venezuela, so it's maybe his last year with the money. And uh, Julian, who has got the money and, and theoretically and has paid the money and should have the talent as well, being a GP2 champion. So I think that they will. They are not. They are genuinely looking to have a consolidation season. They want to raise the workforce apparently by 140 people. Wow. Um, whether that's just in Another Enstone, whether that's Enstone. Enstone, yeah, they are. Whether that's Enstone and um, Viri Chaffin, the engines. It's, I don't know which one or the other. But they're going to. They're effectively having a building year. And they're, right. just, they're going to do the best they can, is the statement. Um, That's called managing expectations. Yeah, and I think they know, I think they know where they're at. Okay. Um, and, of course, on the back of that, Red Bull um, will have uh, debadged Renault engines available in the car, called Tag Heuer's, which is why it's going to upset Ron Dennis, because they've nicked Tag Heuer from, from Ron. Uh, sorry, so Red Bull have? Red Bull have nicked Tag Heuer, right, sponsor yes. that's now so their engine manufacturer. Renault I mean, yeah. It's not all good news, and they've had to ditch Casio, who are a big, a big spender with them. Now, this is intriguing to me, right, because the whole dynamic of the relationship between Christian Horner, Red Bull, and Renault as an engine supplier has changed, mm -hmm. as has an influx of cash from the Renault-Nissan group because it was Infinity Red Bull Racing. Yep. So that's gone. Yep. Um, they are now effectively buying their engines? Yes, they've lost $30 million. In, just in buying the engines? In the... You could probably say they've, they've the money they lost from Infinity um, uh, plus the cost they're going to have to pay for the engines minus the money they've gained from from, from Tag Heuer minus the money they've lost from Casio. It's about thirty thirty five million dollars. Everyone's estimating that. It, of course, the funny thing is, it's the one team it doesn't matter to. Well, that's less than ten percent of it, the budget, and it doesn't it? matter anyway because the, the budget effectively is whatever DT wants to pay. I have another question. Then. So, so just remember, the thing for people to remember is Red Bull is a privately owned company mm -hmm. between Dieter and the Taiwanese billionaire who unfortunately died a couple of years ago so it's the estate of the Taiwanese sorry Thailand billionaire Taiwanese. Mm -hmm. so they own it they have no one to answer to yes hence the reason they do it they like I have a question go on these new Tag Heuer Red Bull engines engines yes right um, which I think Mario Illion is going to cast a practice no, no, over no that story 
um, which was mostly right. And I thought the, the Judge 13, I thought it was a well, I loved it. It was a beautifully well written story, putting together bits and bobs to come to a conclusion. I think that was proper journalism, mm -hmm. which was slated by a lot of people, but he's been 80% true, which is the best you can get three months out of anything. Mm -hmm. No, what's going to happen is that the Renault engine and the Tag Heuer engine will be the same. Renault have upped their consultancy work with Mario. Ilian, mm -hmm. who of course was half of Ilmore, Ilmore, and of course Ilmore, well, are now made his Mercedes performance. They bought the Bricksworth thing out, but when Mercedes bought Ilmore out, they only bought the Formula One bits, the bits that were doing IndyCar and other things. But Mario went off and carried on doing themselves. I don't know where. I'd love to know where that is. I can't remember. But so that but presumably not a Bricksworth. No, no. Boy, that engine consultancy. No, it's not the same. If it is, it's a shack down the road and not the <laughs> the huge factory. So that consultancy. Um, is who is who Renault are employing to help them out. Right. Um, uh, and, but that is for both of them. Right. So my question then, okay, my question still remains then. Renault mm -hmm. are an existing engine manufacturer. Yes. Therefore, they have the tokens, the tokens that they that's get. All they have the tokens, yeah. um, Tag Heuer are a new engine manufacturer or just a name on a cam cover? Just name on a cam cover. So they don't get extra tokens no. or extra test engines no. or anything like that? No. Right. So smart bit of business then from Christian Horner and everyone at, at Red Bull to have cost themselves 30-odd million dollars. Well, I'm sure dollars. Toto, Toto Wolff's quite chuffed about costing him $30 million, or, or Nicky Lauder is, by promising something and then not delivering it. Basically, they, they were told they had a Mercedes... They, 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 well, whether they were told or they made a, a rash assumption they had a Mercedes engine, they did, and um, they've ended up with a um, $30 million egg over their face. Interestingly, normally, if a corporation is $35 million for a headboard role, but it probably doesn't happen in F1. Mm. But no, so the and of course... So tags, so tags back. Yeah. So Renault's back, tags back. Yeah, and Tag Toro Rosso have got year-old Ferrari engines. That was something else that was agreed in the rules, the small print of the FA thing last week. That you could run year-old engines. So... Interestingly, I mean, luckily the Ferrari is a decent engine, but it does probably mean that the, the meteoric rise of Carlos Sainz and Max Verstappen will be stopped a little bit because they're going to be down on power. Mm. Probably no more down on power than they were with the Renault, but they'll be down on power to a lot more teams. Uh, just before we do our next, uh, our next category on the Irish Pit one of the year, I just want to go back to a little bit of uh, British GT news, actually. Um, mm. Another um, another well-known racing, not by any stretch of the imagination, and we're putting him in the same categories of some of the the names that we have mentioned there. But if you have followed British racing for any amount of time, you will know the name In Two Racing. Uh, they have committed recently to uh, a couple of Porsche Cayman GT4 club sports in the British GT Championship for 2016. Um, if you remember back uh, to September last year, there was a one-off uh, appearance of a Pro Sport design version of the car. Um, however, this is, I think, the first time that one of the GT4 cars that has come out of Porsche has been uh, uh, has been committed. Caymans have been uh, committed to the the 2016 championship. No word on drivers yet, um, but. A potential GT3 entry as well for Into um, could be added to the GT4 program. GT4 for me is in, a, is in an extraordinarily strong position at the moment, and I think the next big expansion in GT racing um, at a national and possibly even a regional level 
will be GT4. They cost about a fifth per kilometre to run as a GT3 car, which itself is probably a half to two thirds of what a GTE car, maybe even less than that, uh, costs to run per kilometre. They are fast cars, they are good looking cars, and they are very much, interestingly now, in the original spirit of what GT3 was meant to be. Affordable to buy, affordable to run, good racing. I think this is going to be very interesting indeed to see what happens in British GT, where there's already a number of people have committed to GT4 and also in other championships around the world. And, and in some of the big one-off races, Bathurst, for example, um, I think there's a real opportunity there for some GT4 expansion. Uh, out on the circuit in front of us, some time changes coming through as the 55 AF Corsa Ferrari briefly in the second place with Ilya uh, Manikov and a 2 minutes 10.8 has just been usurped by the number one Black Falcon Mercedes-Benz of Sharon Blickermolen. Yeah, who's that? Never heard of him with, before. With uh, 210.790. Still that time for the 65 car earlier on, the 210 and a half. And Nicky Kadai is still listed as being behind the wheel of that car. And it is still circulating. I don't think I've seen any other name next to that. Uh, Frankie C, Francesco Cacialast, uh, Castellacci, is behind the wheel of the 51 in fifth position. And Michael Bonachevsky has just done his fastest lap and the car's fastest lap at 10.9. So he gets under the 2.11 as well and moves up into fourth position. Just let's see if there's any other big changes in the top half of the field no there's about 90 seconds left of that first free practice session more coverage of the gulf 12 hours with the free practice sessions tomorrow uh, through and qualifying uh, pr yes uh, practice through qualifying and of course the two parted 12 hour race six hours a two hour break and then the second six hours all exclusively live here on RadioLeMond.com, where we will now go back up to London for Tim Gray and the least surprising of the awards this year is for the race of the year. Tim. Yes. Let's still get him nominated. You'll have to do that because I haven't got those on my screen, I'm afraid. Okay. Right. There were nominees for this. Yes. And first of all, we had the World Endurance Championship at Silverstone. Yes. Excellent race. We then had the World Endurance Championship at Spa. Excellent race. We had MotoGP at Phillip Island. Absolutely bonkers race. And we had the British Touring Car Championship round 30 at Rams Hatch Grand Prix Circuit. Which was what, near the end of the season, wasn't it? Was that the last round? Yeah. All yes. of them were near... Well... That and the MotoGP were near the end of the season. Yeah. In fact, I've read them out in order of the dates that they occurred. Yes, absolutely. Well done. So those were the four nominees. We basically said stop the voting after we'd seen Mortal GP. I still have it on my hard drive. Did the listener agree? How did the voting go? In third place, mm -hmm. MotoGP Phillip Island. No way. 23% of the vote. Right. Right. In second place, with 30% of the vote. Right. Round 30, the British Touring Car Championship from Brands Hatch. Really? And the winner, right. with 38% of the vote. 
the Silverstone Six Hours. First round of the 2015 FIA World Endurance Championship, won by Port, won by Ferrari, front row lockdown by Porsche, won by Ferrari, what? won by Audi, front row lockdown. Were you by watching Porsche. a different race, John? Yes, I was. Um, and well, quite if that's democracy in action, <laughs> well, it is. Just because your choice didn't win. No, I'm, I'm just a bit confused about why 30%. What, where are these British touring car fans come from? We've got a lot of British touring car fans listening to mm. us. It's very popular. Is it? Yeah. Well, it's very popular amongst our I'm sorry, but uh, as you've said many a times, John, that different opinions are available, but they're just wrong. It's just wrong. Open your eyes to two-wheel motorsport, people. The, well, at one point, Spa was ahead of Phillip Island. Really? They did drop, drop down... I think, the th- I think the thing about right, Phillip Island, if you watch it, it's 25 minutes of brilliance. 40 minutes. Of brilliance. Uh, 40 minutes of brilliance. Well, it felt like 25 minutes. <laughs> right? But the six hours of Silverstone... The other spe- 20 minutes was... Yeah. Hey, it's uh, a, it's it, fine. It, it's just a surprise. I, I, think, I think the Silverstone race is, is everything that you would want people to watch. In fact, in fact, all of those races that we've just talked about, if you were saying to somebody who says, I don't like British touring cars, I don't like motorcycle racing I don't like endurance racing all of three, those three races and you can include Spa in it as well you could have said go and watch that and watch it all you know it's a big time you know obviously it's a big time commitment to do the six hours but go down and sit and watch them and then come back and tell me that you weren't in at least a little bit interested in it you might you might still not say that you want to go to every race of the season we're not expecting that but I, I think those are races that would change people's minds and I think one of the things obviously we are an endurance biased radio station it's in the name um, but I so think you would expect an endurance race to win you would you would, well in you would the same e- way that you'd expect the 919 to win well I think Porsche I've, to win I, 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 think, I think our the last couple of years we've had quite a few had, wins from F1 we've had, we've had F1 wins I mean, this year we're fair enough <laughs> I think last year we won a couple of things actually. but I also think that our uh, electorate our constituency understands the remarkable nature of FIA WEC this year Graham actually said as you did with MotoGP you could have there was many MotoGP this year that you could have nominated, um, and you said all of them. I've decided I'm going to blame I'm going to blame BT Sport because if it had been on, you know, terrestrial television, I'd have been fine. You might well be right. You might well be right. Well, uh, Silverstone then is the first round of the FIA World Endurance Championship for 2016. It's and, it's again with the Elms. and and it will have ELMS, and for the first time. It will Porsche have Carrera Cup Great Britain. the Porsche Carrera Cup Great Britain will be its supporting race. I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, as it's replacing Formula 3. Oh, I'm delighted it's I replacing Formula 3. I think, it's a, good thing, I think 3. it's a good thing for the marshals. I think, I think it's a good thing for... They can have a little rest. I think it's a good thing for the constituency, because I think that they, would, they will far rather watch. If they get a good, they've got a good entry, yes. If it's got a good entry. In the guest course. car. There must be a guest car. I think Carrera Cup kind of is weird because one year there's twelve, and next year there's thirteen. You can work out which is which from year to year. There's still run a guest. Just pass still run a guest car in that. Uh, they do not. Well, I'll have to have a, have to have a quick word with. But the eleventh uh, I mentioned guest cars today. Mm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> International C now. Remember that. <laughs> um, uh, and you don't need be to be far too busy to race anyway. Oh no, no. I'm, I'm, it's, it's my. Uh, Someone's got to commentate on it. I'll be running. I'll be. I'm running down my uh, my work in that level. I'm. I'm going. Don't forget. I'm still. 
uh, on my avowed intent to become a professional racing driver. Um, and then I'll be able to stop commentating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's our Already winner in the race seats. of the year. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, still to come. Listening, there's an opportunity for you to commentate. Uh, yes. in, uh, April there. Still to come. Then we have our man of the year and the listeners' choice. The Irish and Specs the voting Award. for that has now closed. Has it? Right. Good timing. Good so timing. don't vote for that now. Okay. Uh, your vote won't be counted. Right. And if you're listening, of course, on the podcast or indeed on the second chance to listen at the normal time tonight, where it is uh, now it is a quarter, quarter to, to, s- ten. to ten in the UK. Then your vote wouldn't have been counted anyway. Yes, indeed. Uh, but however, thanks for listening anyway. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's tell you the, uh, the final standings then uh, here at Abu Dhabi as the first free practice session for the Gulf 12 hours has come to an end with 19 of 22 cars seen uh, in 19th position was the Brooks Speed number 40 with a 2.22.4 uh, a 2.10.4 for the fastest car uh, out on the circuit as through goes a Porsche very late after the red flags didn't catch which oh, I one think, I think he's done it twice hasn't he yes he's going I think he's going to be getting a word yeah, uh, Charles Esplanade, that is, is going to be in trouble. Oh, was that the 20 car? I, don't know, I, th- I thought you said 20, I'm sorry. It, may, it may, be, may not have been, but it was a... Yeah, someone's in trouble for that one. Uh, no, it wasn't the 20 car, because that's the car with the stars and stripes on the side. Uh, so the Brooksby car is 12, and a half, 12 seconds exactly away from Nicky Kadai in the 65 car. The 210-465 was set on lap number four. A raft of changes, including right at the end of the session... For second place, Black Falcon number one, Mercedes-Benz, in the hands of Jerome Blickermullen, with a 2.10.694. Ilya Melnikov uh, with a 2.10.8. That, again, was pretty close to the end end of the session. 2.10.9 for Michael Bronozewski, again at the end of the session, in fourth position for the uh, number 11. Uh, Andrea Rizzoli got back in the 51 Ferrari, and in fifth position, uh, although that was an early time put in there. Uh, sixth, Hubert Haupt was in the wheel at the second, at the checkered flag of the number two, the second of the Black Falcon Mercedes-Benz. Ahmed El Harty uh, in the Amman Racing Aston Martin, a 2.11.6. That was his time. Good enough for fifth at one stage. Dropped back to seventh uh, towards the end of the session. And making up the top ten, Ricardo Regazzi in the number 50 in the pit lane when the checkered flag came out. John Hartshorn had a run in the 88 uh, at the end of the session. Uh, that car's 2.12.4 put in earlier on. Uh, Jean-Pierre Lecoeur in the number 10 Equipe Vercher uh, RS01 Renault in 10th position with a 2.12.4. So two seconds between the top 10. And I'll correct what something I said earlier on, actually. The RS01 has uh, actually... Been seen in endurance racing before this week. This week's uh, event, Zandvoort 500 uh, kilometres, and they set pole at the six hours of Rome, what we used to be called the Vallelunga, uh, Vallelunga. Uh, six hours. Six hours. Yeah, absolutely. Is um, was it racing the same configuration though? Was, was it GT3 car there? Yes, it is now. Um, no, it is now. I don't know what it was racing then. In fairness, that's a good point. Um, but it is listed as a GT3 car here, listed as a GT3 category here, um, and I think we'll see some more of. I, I just wonder if they might do a, 
limited road going version of that to get it homologated for GT3. It's a great looking car. Runs a Nissan engine, of course, in the back, um, which gives it uh, nearly 600 horsepower in, in full race trim. I'm not sure what they pull that back to. Um, and when I did the. There are really interesting times like where road cars produce more horsepower than race cars. Never used to be the way, did it? Uh, no, it's been that way down the in years. The last few years, but if you look at you go back to the, you know, the cars used to have to be tuned up to become race cars. Now they're tuned down. In 2000, when I was at RML and we were doing the parallel development of the Celine S7R street and road car, the street car had not only more power than the race car because that's the, the racing regulations dictated it at the time, um, but also. Um, the road car had a sequential box and the street uh, so the the road car had a sequential box and the race car had a edge pattern box because that was the regulations in what was then GT1 and I do remember people balking when we said it was going to be almost $300,000 for a GT1 car I'd balk at that mm. it would be very cheap nowadays now, for now but the, the, your hand would be, would be written off yes for a GT3 car at that kind of money uh, here ho uh, practice qualifying for the Gulf 12 hours tomorrow and the race is on Friday sound and vision uh, for the event uh, limited vision albeit I don't expect to see uh, full uh, technicolor cut pictures but we do have some cameras out around the circuit and we'll uh, chop them together with the circuit cameras and with our pit lane commentary uh, from Joe Bradley or Pitlin reporting from Joe Bradley and Nick Damon and Johnny Palmer and I up in the box we will try at least and give you some of the atmosphere uh, and the spirit of the event here at Yaz Marina which is uh, about to go into its fifth running Tim The news that no one is talking about The stories that aren't reported anywhere else And for valid editorial reasons Pointless press release of the week on Midweek Motorsport There were some candidates for this (laughs) this week Uh, Many of them coming out of Milton Keynes And indeed at least two of them coming out of Red Bull I can't believe that I've discounted anything that starts Red Bull Racing gears up to go faster together with Right. Puma was one of those. You saw that one, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, shoes maketh the team, obviously. Very important. Very important. Uh, Christian Horner's been a long supporter of Puma, or vice versa. Mm. Oh, that's a cougar, no matter Puma. Uh, Infinity Red Bull Racing extends partnership with... Anybody. Except Infinity. Infinity Red Bull Racing (laughs) extends innovation partnership with... Anybody except Infinity. Infinity Red Bull Racing extends technology partnership with Renault. No, that was Siemens actually. Oh, I don't know. Uh, the others were Sabelt, Oz, and Xness. Yeah, they do seem to have a um, standard press release for uh, Red Bull Racing to drive forward with. We've already covered that. Puma. Yes. Moving on. So, what have you what have you picked then? I've picked this one, which oh. I think you'd like. Nice. Go on. I hope so. <laughs> Baku City Circuit. Oh, this is a classic. Brackets BCC, close brackets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Will mark a further milestone on the journey to the inaugural 2016 Formula One Grand Prix of Europe with the launch of the online ticket sales programme. Mm. Excellent. So you can now buy your tickets. 
No, on December 19th, <laughs> not be yet. Able to buy your tickets. <laughs> To right. coincide with the six-month-to-go celebrations yes. taking place those are that big. same day. Those are always big. So the six-month-to-go celebrations are massive. They're I remember having massive. those uh, prior to Austin and everything else. There was a huge street party down my way. Yes. The six-month-to-go celebrations hosted on the city's stunning seafront boulevard will include a series of incredible entertainment activities, including live music performances and a spectacular fireworks display to help whet the appetite of the local population in advance of F1's arrival in downtown Baku next June. Downtown Baku. First time I've heard it described. You don't want to be in uptown back. It was a bit rough up there. No, and you it don't. And, you, and always live music support performances always better than dead ones. Yes, and, and did they tell you who the bands are? Is it you know Dire Straits or U2? Let, let me read further. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> no, okay, I won't. <laughs> No, on the weekend of June 17th to 19th, 2016, the specially constructed Baku City Circuit will see Formula One cars race around the picturesque streets of downtown Baku. They're really uh, emphasising the downtown. downtown. Think, is it Petula Clark playing? Petula Clark is going to be playing. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Incorporating the city's UNESCO protected old town, Ikari Shahir, as well as the modern downtown and beautiful Caspian Sea Vista in Old front of a global audience of millions. Old town, downtown, uptown. Uptown, uptown, uptown funk. Yeah. With the Caspian Sea. With only six months to go until the engines of the world's greatest racing cars roar through the streets of the city, <sighs> the message from Baku City Circuit, the world's F1 audience, is loud and clear. Well, not that loud, this actually. It's be more than a race, so get your tickets while you still can. Yes, because it'll be sold out in a moment. more than a race? Yeah. Well... In it's going to be two Same races. Way that Barcelona's more than the football club, probably. They're, they're not. They haven't told anybody yet. It's not going to be just one race. It's going to be two races. That's why it's going to be more that's than a race. race. It needs to be more well, than a race. Three races. I mean, extra has GP2, to happen. GP three. Jolt the lap. Bernie's first through, through the live music. UNESCO historic team. No, brilliant. You have to take one lap through the UNESCO historic. Yes, excellent. And go move away from downtown Baku. Yeah. Oh dear. Mm. Stop it. We've got Maserati's about to go out and we have uh, five minutes left on the show tonight. Big one. Well, now, are we going to do the listener award first? Do you think it's a man or men are bigger? Well, hang on. Are we are we going to do the listener award or the man of the year? We're going to do the man of the year first. Are we? And then we'll get to announce the listener award. Right, so two Unless awards. You want to do it the other way around. I, I think I, I think I would like to do the listener award first, because okay. the man of the, the year. Votes have been counted. The votes have been counted. It closed uh, ten minutes ago. If you remember, the three nominees uh, were Graham Rahal, Bart Hayden, and Kurt Busch. No, Kyle, Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush. <laughs> Kurt Kyle Busch. Kurt Busch has had no votes, fortunately. Okay, <laughs> that's as well. How close? Now, they, now those three were chosen from those people that you nominated uh, throughout the voting procedure earlier in the week, uh, in the last couple of weeks, and we have put them to you, our listenership. And how's the voting gone, Tim? Uh, it's been very good. We've had a lot of uh, votes. <laughs> right, excellent. And we have a clear winner. A clear winner. Ooh. Okay. A clear winner. Go on. Right. Don't tell us who was in third. Tell us who was in second. <laughs> yeah, because we won't guess who's in third, though, <laughs> <Yeah>. will we? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to tell you who's in second or third. Oh, you're not. I'm you're just going to go straight to the top. Percentage-wise? 
more than 50%. More than 50%. So it, it, it would, in fact, be elected with a majority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And our winner of the I Respect Listeners Award for the person, persons or organisation who have made the most difference to motorsport in 2015 from a respect point of view, as voted by you, the Midweek Motorsport listeners, is... The recently married Graham Rahal. Graham Rahal for his excellent work in pulling together the Justin Wilson Appeal Fund, which raised an awful lot of money. Well done, Graham uh, and Courtney. Congratulations. Uh, and we wish you a very happy life together, and you are a worthy recipient. When it comes to fundraising, he's a force of nature. <laughs> and tied in with this, the other wedding that happened recently yes. was that of Stefan Wilson. That's true. Yes, that is very true. And I think uh, Steph is about to make an announcement about his racing career as well. Uh, now, let's yes. move straight on to the I'm man. To things that. Um, haven't been announced. Right, okay, go on quickly. Can I say can you which lose the table? <laughs> I can, yes. Thank you. Right, I went to a different, I went, I've been to a lot of awards ceremonies. Yes. Can I mention which table Gary Paffett was sitting at at one of them? Yes. Whose table, you mean? Who's ta- who he was sharing? How many hats? With? How many tables? Yes. yes. Go on. I don't think I should, because I think it might give away something. No, well, yeah, go on. I haven't been on. told it's about it. It's public knowledge you're sitting at a table. Yes. It's only the people who were there who would have seen it. Well, you saw it. You can report it. There was no embargo as to whose table was was being sat at by whom. (laughs) Indeed. I was at a table with uh, Neil Wooding. Yep. Nelly Telly. Nelly Telly. Keep going, though. So where was Gary Pappy? Start and finish. Come on, you've got to sell us now. And on the subject of Neil Wooding... No, 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 no. There's no time for that. There is literally no time for that. Where was... He has... There's no time to... Never been on the losing team in the Midweek Motorsport Christmas Quiz. Right, which is in February. Uh, which is a, a date to be announced. <laughs> in February. In February. Um, uh, so for those of you asking about the mid- most listen, uh, mid- Christmas quiz, it's not going to be the Christmas quiz. Uh, in fact, for it'll next the quiz of the team, year. it's going to be the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. It'll have to be after that as well. <laughs> but never mind. It will be after Valentine's Who's Day. Whose table yeah. was but Gary not Puffett? Who was Gary Puffett? I'm not going to say it now. Okay. Oh. You can't, can't be- do I can't that. Believe that. Okay, let's move on to uh, our final award. With a quick reminder that on the front page, you can uh, now look at the Radio Le Mans uh, apparel store. It's not a clothes shop; it's an apparel store. Uh, and let me remind you of the nominations for the Man of the Year. Mark Webber uh, won his first championship in professional motor racing this year. It was the World Championship. Timo Bernard was his teammate and described by Mark Webber as the glue that held the team together. Sebastian Bourdais, another uh, fantastic year for Sebastian in everything that he drove this year. Valentino Rossi uh, in MotoGP, a moral victor or villain? Difficult year for Valentino, but you cannot deny his fantastic performance, missing out only three times on a podium throughout the whole season at advanced years. And Nick Tandy, uh, the final Man of the Year nominee uh, for a a season that had just about everything. A Le Mans win, an overall win in a GT car in terrible conditions, 
at Petit Le Mans and being part of championship winning teams with Patrick Pelia, although he didn't win the championship, very nearly propelling the KCMG LMP2 team to victory in WEC. Very, very worthy contenders. And Tim, how did the voting go? And we've lost Tim at the very crucial moment. I've got to turn my uh, microphone back. Don't up. do that to me. <laughs> I, I turned it down because I had to cough. Right. There was lots of checking of connections in. Oh, I can tell you. Don't John. do that. <laughs> and Tim, how did the voting place. go? Third place. In third place with ten percent of the vote. Right. Ooh. Valentino Rossi. Right. Yeah, yep. that's all right. Yep. 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 Good. Mm -hmm. Second. In second place. Yes. With twelve percent of the vote. Ooh. Mark Webber. Oh, right. Well, there were three Porsche works drivers in this, and Sebastian Bourdier is still in the mix as well. And the winner, our Man of the Year in the Irish Bet Man of the Year show on Midweek Motorsport, as voted by you, the listener, is with seventy-one percent of the vote. Nick Tandy. Yay. Nick Tandy caps off a remarkable year by winning the only thing that he has wanted to get on his mantelpiece <laughs> since he was a small boy. It is Nick Tandy who takes the Man of the Year category. Uh, and well done to Sophia Flourish, uh, to Max Verstappen, to Porsche. Uh, and to Silverstone. Porsche again. A Porsche Silverstone. and Silverstone. So that's another Porsche victory. Three Porsche victories in the Man of the Year show. Thanks to Tim Greer for putting it all together. To Yas Marina for hosting this sparkling evening of <laughs> entertainment and celebration of motorsport. We'll be back. And providing some appropriate background noise. Yes, as well. indeed, absolutely. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday and Friday with the Gulf 12 Hours on behalf of Nick Damon, myself, John Hindorf, and the irresponsible adult, as well as. Johnny Palmer and Joe Bradley here in the Yas Marina area on 102.2 FM and our executive producer Tim Gray was up in London uh, there's no time to explain it's gone rather dark and the llama is looking for a hit this programme is a Radio Show Limited production tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com